Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 111, Widows, from 2018. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode's brought to you by Smith Gill Architecture Firm. Adrian Smith and Gordon Gill Architecture is dedicated to the design of high-performance, energy-efficient, and sustainable architecture on an international scale. The firm approaches each project regardless of size or scale with an understanding that architecture has a unique power to influence civic life. Thank you, Smith Gill. Thank you, Smith Gill. After the break, we will be talking about a movie that loves architecture. Yeah, it does. Architecture is a core part of it. But Joe, first, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke about The Fast and the Furious? One thing we did together. I think that's the only thing of note that I have done since last time. So what what did we do together? I know. We did something fun. I was thinking that we didn't do anything either, but we did do something a lot of fun. Yeah, we teased it. We talked about it, but it's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, we joined our buddy Nate Milton, whose voice you've heard here before on um, his podcast, The Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. To talk about uh, Fast and Furious 6, right? And it was a lot of fun. And he, uh, he said he thinks his man. listeners are going to love the episode. So if our probably five hours this week was not enough for you, <laughs> check out two more hours tomorrow on the Rocky Maya Video Picture Show, part of the post-wrestling podcast feed, wherever you find podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Nate's always a good dude. Like, I was just excited. Like, I... Like when you you said you messaged me about it um, on that show, and like I was just excited to talk to Nate because he always cracks me up, and he has an interesting perspective on a lot of things, and he's just a genuinely good dude. So it's always fun talking to him. So if you have an extra minute, go check out Nate's podcast. He loves the Rock. We love the Rock, and I'm sure that you guys do too. Anything else that you have done since Sunday when we last recorded? I'm trying to think if I've done anything. I watched a Hanks movie I did not really care for, Saving Mr. Banks. Mike and I record that podcast, but other than that, I don't know that I've done anything of note. Have you? Watching a ton of Lost, which we'll talk about shortly. Finally. Watching some 90 Day, some Smothered, just lots of like nonsense TV and doing dumb shit. That's it. Oh, I bought a blender. Did I tell you that before? Nope. Okay, like I didn't, for some reason in my kitchen, I had like a food processor, I had a magic bullet, an inversion blender, but I didn't have like an actual blender. So like last week at some point, Rachel and I bought like a real blender and so we've just been blending a bunch of shit what does steve mcqueen have to do with magic i don't know what does that say a magic bullet oh god that was horrible come on man you should have you should have been there i mean it's not a good joke but you should have been there i should have been there you even said magic bullet like you say bullet you're like magic bullet i know you said it that way that's the only reason i thought of it (laughs) no but it's just like it's its own thing like you know like when you hear like the name of a place and it's in like the place's name is like green tree and like you don't think of a green tree you think of like green tree the place right like uh, you said magic okay. bullet like uh, magic bullets always just the blender i was like what when did steve mcqueen use a blender in one of these movies i mean he you know he cooked breakfast in the getaway so maybe he used a blender then i don't know <laughs> yeah, i don't think he was using much of anything besides like what like a fork and a non-stick pan <laughs> Yeah, boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also sent out an email about this. We officially confirmed the watch party movie date is one of two dates. So I know this is kind of uh, obnoxious, but Joe might have to lace up the skates yep. to join the Penguins yep. on the ice. It's playoff time. It's, it's it's hockey playoffs. Like, we haven't had hockey since fucking March, and, like, we're jumping right back into the playoffs. So, like, you know that there's nothing more that I want to watch than that. So, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So save Saturday, August 8th, which I'm guessing will probably be the more likely one, unless, because that's game five. That's it's game, game five. five. We talked about this too. You didn't put it in the email, but like they're also playing in like 
cities in a row, so there's a good chance that the game's on like early on a Saturday. It could be like a three o'clock game. It's very likely it's going to be on that Saturday. If for any reason it's like an eight o'clock game on Saturday, for God knows what reason, and they have to play it because it's also a game five in the best of five series. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I don't need to give all the details about all the things. Yes, in the but email. it's They're, likely it's going to be Saturday, long. either Saturday August eighth or Sunday August 9th, which is just in over two weeks. So keep it free, and you fun. know, I guess root for either the Penguins to sweep or win in four or get swept or lose in no, four. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Only root for the Penguins to win in full. I'll give them four. Just win in four. Joe, we have a Patreon page here in the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of mm. High School Slumber Party, Haley Gervies, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson. Thank you all so, 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 Thank so very much. Thank you very much. For supporting us over there, and you all now know definitively Ooh. the laps eight, nine, and ten. We got a couple emails from people. I have not shared with you the movie picks. I'm going to sort of dance around the emails that we got if there's added flavor in these emails. Okay. Uh, I will tell you. I will say on air um, that Alex Ellenane is an asshole and wants us to be miserable, basically to a certain extent. I think. Okay. But he's like he's kind of intentionally trolling us, and he knows he knows what he's doing. He knows That's exactly fair. what he's doing. Exactly. But uh, if you are a patron at the ten dollar a month level or above, and you want us to, you know, you can give us one pick per lap now. Or if you're not a patron and you want to support us and help keep the lights on, as so to speak, yeah. too fast, too forever.com, and you can pick one lap, or one movie per lap, and if you sign up early enough in this lap, you can also get to pick this lap, too, oh, that's so you true, get a bonus yeah. one this time, you know, one for eight, one for nine, one for ten. Yep, do it. Like I said, though, the aforementioned family at cageclub.me email address, Joe, we have, once again, a bunch of emails, seven different emails, Wow. a couple of them about the picks. Okay, cool. Alex sends in subject line laps 8, 9, and 10 picks. Actually, I can't really do this because we haven't announced what the themes are publicly yet, so I don't want to go too too close, but... Give us the, like, 9-11 report version of it. Just, you know, just like the and... For lap 8, he was considering uh, a few different things, like uh, either a couple episodes of a TV show, okay. which I love... Or a movie, which is a twofer. It hits two things in this thing. Okay. But he went with a movie that he wound up saying is underrated and would scratch your type of itch. Oh, okay. That's Now you're talking my language. I like it. Lap 9, he gave me a movie title. And there's two movies with this title. There's one that's a good movie and there's one that's a bad movie. And I emailed them back. I'm like, hey, so you mean the good one, right? He's like, no, I mean the bad. I was like, god damn it. Because he says... <laughs> It sent the economy into a recession, sort of. So I don't know the full story on that. We will, at some point, okay. get into that. Lap 10, he says there's a few good ones he's going to wait, maybe make us do a very, very bad movie. Which I have not seen, but I can't imagine would be very enjoyable. He says, we'll see. And then later he emailed back, and he was just like, probably not going to make you do that one. But you know, the, the, <laughs> the movie that he put in the email... I have no interest in covering, so if he wants to troll us for a couple of these, I mean, he can. Just putting that out there. Yeah, it's fair, man. Whatever you want. We'll do it. I can call you an asshole, but you're still paying us money, and whatever you want us to cover, we have to cover. We are contractually obligated. We are entered into a contract with you. Yep. Dear, dear listener, so... And there's nothing that I won't watch once. Like, you know, like, we've watched shitty movies for... I've chosen to watch shitty movies, so, of course. We then got two emails from Christian Larson. What up, Christian? Past guest. Possibly Larson? future guest. Larson. The first one about lap picks. For the first one, he picked a classic film, which is in the top, like, 30 or 40 highest-rated films on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. 
Okay. So one that I've never seen, but I've been meaning to see. Okay. Uh, for lap nine, he picked a foreign film, which sounds right up our alley, which I had not heard of, but I am very much looking forward to. And then for lap 10, he picked a movie from 1980, which fits one of our themes, which is a movie that I've actually heard about recently for a specific reason, which I will not go further. And I'm basically like not telling you, I can show you the spreadsheet later, yeah, but yeah. I'm not telling you the same way I'm not telling the listener. No, it's fine. I get it. Yeah. yeah. And this, this, this third one is, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all three of these. If you tell me, if you tell tell me the movies i'm gonna forget them until the week that we're recording them anyways so it doesn't matter the other email the actual uh, quote-unquote actual email we got from larson is subject line the need him for speed okay it says hey guys as you already covered Smokey and the bandit and the cannonball run you're pretty familiar with the work of hal needham and of course you know he also directed rad which we talked about a lot and i covered on oh, Brian's I love podcast. Rad. yeah and yeah they just did that good remaster of it too that i haven't watched yet i need to watch the 4k version of rad soon very nice. It's very nice. He says, a former stuntman turned filmmaker, he was one of the classic quote-unquote guy's guy directors whose love for cars, stunts, and vehicles of all kinds bled into every project. I was recently watching a movie of his you hadn't covered, 1982's Megaforce, Ooh. and thinking of some serious parallels to the evolution of the Fastiverse. Megaforce. I like the name of it. I need to watch Megaforce, because how did this get made recently covered it? I did not get a chance to watch it that week. I want to. It's an elite multinational military unit that does the jobs the individual governments won't. So it's the, it's the family from, from like five and six on, essentially. And there's even cars on the poster. There's all sorts of vehicles. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. He says, Smoking the Bandit, like the original Fast and Furious, is a pretty straightforward car movie. Chases, stunts, and a truckload full of illicit goods. That sweet, sweet Coors beer. Yeah, it is. Cannonball Run kicks that up several notches, includes a cast of colorful characters, a fleet of automobiles, and more elaborate stunts and set pieces, just like Fast Five. He says, but then there's Megaforce. Megaforce centers around a team specializing in, quote, vehicular warfare, who takes on the enemies of freedom wherever they appear. (laughs) Their arsenal includes planes, tanks, tricked out and weaponized cars, and perhaps most famously, a jet-powered flying motorcycle. What? Their leader is the spandex-clad Ace Hunter, played by Barry Boswick, perhaps best known as Brad from Rocky Horror or the mayor on Spin City. Okay. Much like the later Fast and Furious movies, the stakes have skyrocketed and everything about it is very ambitious. (laughs) I have no doubt in my mind that the films of Hal Needham share the same DNA as the Fastiverse. There are a lot of articles that mention him when discussing these films, the Fast and Furious films. Yeah. But surprisingly, he was never involved in the series or even publicly shared his thoughts. He died in 2013 after receiving an honorary Lifetime Achievement Oscar at a ceremony hosted by Quentin Tarantino. Interesting. He says, that's all for now, Joe. I hope things have returned to, quote, our parentheses, relative normalcy and all the best to your dad. That's a 10, 7, 3s, and (laughs) 8s. Thank you, buddy. I'm breathing again. We're good. But, um, yeah, I need to watch fucking Megaforce, dude. The lap we talked about last time is planes and trains, but not automobiles. We could do it then. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it also could just be a classic car movie, or if you want to make, I don't know. But yeah, we got to do it at some point, for we sure. We will, for yeah. For sure. It's, it's on the docket, for sure. Our next email is from Justin Kleinman, subject line, Resident Evil. What up, Justin? How are you doing, bud? Says, watch Resident Evil the other night with my friends. Hopefully this gets covered this lap. It's fun to watch, uh, it's a fun watch to see how Letty infiltrates Etion. Ooh. Mm. I never thought about it from that angle, but yes. Interessant. I never played the Resident Evil games, by the way. Oh, did I did I tell my Resident Evil story? Should I save my Resident Evil story, save or should it. I tell it now? Save it. Okay. I'm just saying, like, I've I've no. I had an N64. I had friends that love Resident Evil. 
but I think at the time I had like an N sixty four and a Dreamcast, and I played. Like, it was most. It's mostly a PlayStation. It like it was. Was it PlayStation then? Yeah. A Perfect Dark was the N sixty four one, right? Well, yeah, but that's not the Perfect Dark is just a future a sci fi variant on Goldeneye. Resident Evil is a totally different thing. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like. But yes, Perfect Dark was the big N sixty four shooter. Yes. Okay. That and Goldeneye. So Resident Evil was on PlayStation. Maybe was, I didn't it, have a PlayStation. Like I had all the consoles at some point, but like I was a small child, so like I would like trade one in and then buy it. Like you know, like I would get like the N64, and then, like, a PS1 Slim would come out. So I'd, like, trade in the N64 for the PS1 Slim. And then I'd be like, oh, no, like, I want a Dreamcast and, like, get a... You know what I mean? Like, I was constantly, like, trading them because I didn't have money to, like, own all three at a time type situation. Meanwhile, I have all of them in my closet. Good for you. Justin says, a little housekeeping from Minneapolis. We've got White Castle here, which I knew because of Never Not Funny. They talked about it on there. Somebody brought them White Castle, and okay. he, just, he refers to himself as White Castle guy. They're like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm the guy who brought you White Castle. Like, oh, right, him. But like, yes. So I knew okay. White Castle was in Minneapolis, but it goes on. Good. I've always been a fan. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, sober or drunk, I'm game. It's not something that like I don't think I would jones for Like if I had it near me, knowing that I can't get it adds huge amounts of like power to it they reheat well too in the microwave like if you just you can buy the frozen ones at walmart yeah dude yeah yeah but no i I want them fresh like i want them like straight from the fucking white castle maybe i'll go i gotta see if they're open after we're done here maybe i will do it in honor of you and in honor of justin yeah i got there's they have like some kind of like what was it like there's like a six burger meal like a 10 burger meal that you can split and like Rachel and I, instead of getting like the ten burger, like slider, the ten slider meal, right? We got like two sixes last time, and we were like, that six burger was too much. Like five is the right amount. So the extra one each is too many. It's too many. Yeah, I think like their normal, like their quote unquote normal meal number is four. Like I think that's like what like if you like the number one or whatever, or like yes. what, you know the most common, like the equivalent of the Big Mac or whatever, right? Is like four burgers, yeah. four little burgers fries so yeah like five or six is not great but i guess the difference between five and six is is a lot it was significant to us it was it was very jarring yeah or no maybe it was like we both got fours one time and then the next time we got like a 10 and five was too many i don't know whatever is like the options are you like if you add the extra one with the with like the big box or whatever then it's too many he says my wife's worked for a private school for 15 years because of that my son goes there as well majority of the families there are in a higher social class than us every year each class as a parent potluck dinner party. We've made it a tradition to bring a crave case. Oh, nice. Placed on a table of quinoa salads, nothing works better at weeding out the people we don't want to talk to. I love it. <laughs> That's so genius. I actually have two stories about this. So number one, when I worked at Best Buy, there were always reps from different companies who would come in here and basically bribe all of our employees with like, free whatever yep. and be like hey you know when somebody's buying a laptop sell them an hp or you know when somebody's buying a printer yep. sell them a canon and it's like we don't give a shit like we're you know like You're... we know good versus bad but like in each brand there's like good better best right yep. so like whether they want to spend a hundred dollars on a printer or three hundred dollars on a printer that's if their the canon guy has got swag or whatever like we're like oh yeah canon's cool or whatever right <laughs> yeah so one day you know they would bring in like like Dunkin' Donuts and whatever, but like it's always like there's there's only so many donuts you can eat where it's just like oh, yeah. where you start to feel sick and it's just like this is all right and like people would bring in you know waters or pens or whatever. One time a dude I don't remember what company it was brought in twenty hamburgers from McDonald's and twenty cheeseburgers from McDonald's and we were like oh this is the greatest because he spent probably forty or fifty bucks like they were all like a dollar same right? as like, donuts you know, yeah two cheeseburger yeah and like it was like such a mind blowing revelation to us we're like oh 
shit, yeah, like, this, is, this is way better. <laughs> like, why has nobody ever thought? And we're like, yeah, whatever you're selling, like, that's it. Like, we're all day to day. It's just you because, like, you spent the right $40. Yeah, exactly. But then to Justin's point about the Crave case, my friend was having a barbecue or he was having something. And he's just like, everybody needs to bring something. And they'd always talked about how much they love White Castle. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go get a Crave case. And I went and I got two Crave cases and I just brought them. And they're like, people were like, wait, where, where are these coming? I was like, oh, I, I brought, like, it's, it's not hard. You just you buy them. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, it broke people's minds that like you could bring that as like a potluck. So just like in there, it works beautifully. Also, like there was, I don't know if it's still the case, but like a crave case of like thirty sliders is like thirty bucks or whatever, right? Yeah, it's but like if cheap. you order through the app, it was like twenty. And so like I went to White Castle, and the woman at the counter was like, "No, just order on the app." Like I don't know why she was telling me, <laughs> but like the woman, White the employee Castle. there, was like, "Just sit there, order through the app. We'll get the order, and then you just save ten bucks." So I was like. Uh, oh. It's like the dopest yeah, okay. employee ever. She was the same yeah. as the guy with the McDonald's hamburgers. That's a great call. Yeah. I hate so. Oh fuck. There's like a pizza place here that like I was trying to find like a local like shitty pizza place. Right, New Haven has a lot of great pizza. I know all the great pizza spots, but I wanted to just like a shitty cheap pizza place in case I wanted to grab a pizza on the way home or whatever. So I found one that was like not far from me, and like I ordered just like a large cheese. Right, like st- stupidest order ever. I go and it was like on a Tuesday, and they had like a big sign in the window like seven dollar large cheese cheese on Tuesdays I obviously didn't know this so like I went and paid at the counter and he was like $12 and I was like bro like the sign on the door like are you really gonna charge he's like you ordered it and didn't say that I was like motherfucker like it's like so the I complete opposite never going back. yeah that's like it's, yeah, it's the same thing it's like oh I guess you never want me to come back that's here. what I'm saying yeah like okay cool you got my five bucks but like now na- like it's it's Tuesday this is your deal I didn't know it but like I just stumbled on it it's the opposite yeah. of the nice lady at White Castle for you Justin says thank you Wes for clarifying which Batman movie was in Lower Wacker I couldn't remember and was just guessing on a release date since I've only been there I've only seen them once each and never really liked them whoa hot take whoa, whoa. he's definitely uh, more of a Seth Rogen than a Zac Efron I can tell you that much <laughs> says lastly Patreon tax I think you got it right because my bill said I was charged one cent. Hell yeah. Nice. Okay. Not bad. You think you nailed it. Good job. I literally can't do better than that. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's just what it has to be. So, cool. Glad. Nice. Glad that we finally got confirmation on that. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Jerry sent a video that was, uh, hey guys, found a funny video that explains how they make Fast and Furious movies. I did not, I didn't see this email before, so I didn't watch the movie. I'll send you this video on Facebook, and we can talk about it next time. Okay, so, sorry, cool. Jerry, you have to wait another thing, but, uh didn't see that until now, so we'll, we'll save that for next time. Gotcha. Hector sends in a request. He says, I have a request. I want you all to replace my next car pick with the recent Bachelorette car pick. I just want to hear Nico and Kevo's reaction to it. I beg of you, please, 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 you old bitch. <laughs> you old bitch. <laughs> so, Hector, if you could do me a favor, if you could send in an email just, like, which car, because I think if the Bachelorette, you might have sent in three in that one. So there's a particular one you want us to do, because also, as you know, you send in a bunch of car picks. I want to make sure I do the right one. So if you want to yeah. prioritize which one, just shoot another email and let me know. Cool. And then our last email, also from Jerry Robinson, subject line, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man? I completely loved Into the Spider-Verse. Same. I agree that one of my favorites of all time, especially exploring multiple Spider-Man. My personal favorite is Miles Morales, and I got his comic book spider as a tattoo on my arm with webbing around it, oh. and hopefully going to get a half sleeve of webbing. That's very cool. That's really cool. You know our tattoo fans here. Well, I mean, Joey is, but not in practice so yes i love girls with tattoos that's bad that's basically as far as the it girl goes i also i mean i tattoos. love the idea of tattoos i just don't it's it's really it's the it's the first one i don't know what the i first, know like once i have one it's like then whatever yeah but like it's that first like what do i want to put on my body forever and then it's like oh yeah and you know it's nothing let me do it i'll i'll, I'll draw an infinity symbol on your thigh <laughs> 
I told you, I, forever ago, I was just like, we should get too fast. You're like, no, fuck, I'm not getting it too fast, like Infinity Symbol, like that. No, no. I was like, okay. what? No, I don't think my reaction would have been that. Yeah, no, you did. Gemini I said, nature, we should get, we should get these, game. and you said no. You said a hard, firm no. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't remember it at all. Because so I'm put down. It out there. I mean, it Gemini like nature, a, I realize that, but like... It sounds like a great idea like, right now. Well, yeah, but yeah. Like the whole sticker, like the sticker, but like on my thigh... Like, on your thigh is, like, whatever. Like, who's going to see it? You know what I mean? Like, doesn't need to be, yeah. like... It's not going to be, like, on the back of my hand. I'll get it on my lip, on my inside of my lip, because that, <laughs> that looks, you know... Just an infinity symbol, or, like, the car and everything. Because you know that that's, like, a place that'll just go to shit, right? Yeah. One of my best friends is a big DC fan. He says he doesn't like Marvel, and said the Justice League movie was better than Infinity War and Endgame, and he's very serious and adamant. Oof. Well, friend sounds like an asshole. Just kidding. <laughs> but he sounds like he's wrong. It's, a, it's just a hot take. It's just, he's flexing for the grammar or something over there. I mean, that's that's the same thing as my dad. He's just like, he, you know, he loves DC. He doesn't really like Marvel. He'll, like, begrudgingly say, like, it was pretty good. Like, but he won't, like, go harder than that. But, like, everything in DC, he's just like, yeah, I'm all about it. I'm like... You you know like you know that these are objectively yeah. it's not good. Yeah. Not all of them. I mean some of them are really good. I was actually talking to, to friends last night because the movie that we're covering next episode, which we will announce at the end of this episode, we were talking about the that director and like oh, fuck. We're doing Memento on Tuesday <laughs> and we we're talking about when Memento came out and like when they were casting when, when Christopher Nolan got Batman begins, like the short list for Batman was down to, like, apparently Christian Bale and Guy Pierce, the lead of Memento, right? And okay. like, we were talking about DC just in general, like, whether, you know, because we're also, like, we're talking about in the same group, like, the thread that we're watching the X-Files, we're like, well, like, Duchovny could have played Batman, which would have been cool. Oh, that would have been uh, cool, like, Julian yeah. Anderson could have played Poison Ivy, which would have been cool. You know, from Memento, like, tr- like Trinity, Carrie and Moss could have played Catwoman, maybe. Who knows? But then we were talking about the new DC movies, and I was like, you know, there's, there's a handful in there that I love. Like, I think Aquaman's super weird and super cool, Birds of Prey is super fun. Birds of Prey was great. I love Wonder Woman. Like, there's a couple in there that are objectively bad, I think, but, like, they're get like, the recent ones, Shazam was fun. You know, like, the, the latter four or whatever they've done have been better. I need to watch Shazam. I, th- I meant to watch it, but I don't remember if I did or not. It's, I mean, I, I, it feels like, I, I can't tell you, because it feels like it's it's fun, but kind of dumb, airy in a way, right? Like, you just, yeah. uh, I get it. I get it, Jerry. I, I've, I've been there. I have the, uh, the DC family, friends. You know, support, Truth. whatever, around me, too. So I get it. Uh, he says, I watched the Tower Records doc, I think that I mentioned, because I love all things music. I went into Tower a few times before, but I was going more into Amoeba. Okay. Right. I'm glad Dom and Brian got into the Hall of Fame because it wouldn't be a billion-dollar franchise without them. That's a fair point. Yeah, very yep. true. The doctor scene where Mia patched up Dom was in Fast 4 when he got shot and didn't even flinch. In 6, Letty shoots Dom, but Mia doesn't remove the bullet because she's with Elena. We just talked about this because we rewatched uh 6 to talk with Nate as I was watching it, I actually messaged Joey and was like shit Mia's just on the phone during the bullet like patching in six where Dom's like fixing it himself I had connected those and that one you know it all kind of blends together but yes yeah. I, I did re- thank you uh, he says your host last to- uh, last episode Nico and Kevo he says I love them and that's really breaking it down with the powers <laughs> yeah that may man I'm so excited to see where they go with this it's gonna be a lot of fun and also if you want more of them they just hit their 100th episode of Husbands Talking More or Less they've covered every MCU movie oh cool they've covered every Alien movie they've covered every like the Dark Phoenix thing we did a rap battle thing the 
gift wrapping Christmas challenge from Freeform, which was <laughs> miserable for me. They have, you know, 100 episodes. They're now in the middle of Star Wars, but they're doing Clone Wars. Now they just pivoted over to Fantastic Four. So if you want more of them, there's plenty more of them. And their show has always been good. Like, I I like being a guest on the show a lot, but I really love when it's just the two of them because they got a really great band. I mean, they should Obviously. have a great banner because they're married, yeah. right? Because, like, but, like, the two of them together, because Nico brings the passion, and then Kevo brings, like, all the insight and all the behind the scenes. Like, it works. Like, they work together so well on they're a podcast. Team, man. They are. So if you want more of that, just go pick and choose. You know, if you like a franchise or whatever, go check out uh, Husbands Talking More or Less. Yeah, they got something for you over there. Boy, do we. Boy, do they. Boy, do I they. I agree with Vince being the winner soldier of the Fast family. Ooh. Says, Joey, I'm a big, big astronomy nerd to a point where I made a genuine argument when I was in college that Pluto should again be the ninth planet instead of those dwarf planets, and it worked. Because <laughs> I have a podcast for you called Your Universe. Because I can talk about outer space to save my life if I had to distract the cops for a heist. For that, for now, that's all I got. See you guys. That's well, that's, that's going to be Jerry's um his karaoke song. He's going to be like, let me tell you about why Pluto should be the ninth planet again. All right, let me pull that. You know, I see him like <laughs> grabbing a chair, spinning it around backwards, sitting down, you know, facing the... Like, all right, kids, let's talk about this. His remote control projector comes down, just like on the wall behind the party. <laughs> and then we have Neil deGrasse Tyson being like, "Jerry, come on, do you know that the star is like, j- just enjoy the, co- just enjoy the speech, <laughs> Neil? Like, I know that you're not involved in the story, but just like enjoy it, man. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for writing thank in. You, thank you, Jerry. everybody, for writing in. That's if you want to email in for the next episode, family at cageclub dot me. Also, if you have, we have not said this in a while. If you've not left us a review on iTunes yet, please give us five stars and write a review. Thank please. you so so very much thank to you. the. 21 people who have rated us and the 10 or 11 who have written a review. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Joe, on the streets, is there any Fast and Furious news? I don't know no. that there is. Vin Diesel had a birthday. We talked about that last time, I think, but any, there's nothing else of note, right? There was like a regurgitation of the same story that we shared about the the fall guy, the scapegoat that they had in the Tokyo Drift thing. Like another article picked it up and like had other information about it. I haven't seen anything. Like I still get the Google, like the, I get Google alerts every day, but there's just no news, right? Yeah, like, it's just cool. It's not anything. It's, yep. all, it's all the same. Cool. Well, Joe, before we get to the minute, we've got a new feature. We've got the Ana Lucia Cortez Leticia Ortiz Lost for a Minute. Well, I've watched a ton of Lost in the past, like, week and a half. I watched three minutes of it today because I I already saw all these episodes. I know you have. So the episode that we are doing today is season one. Episode 23, Exodus Part 1. So the season, the first season of Lost ended with a three-part finale. It had a one-part oh, in the finale. following week. Yeah, so there's two. There's Part 2 and Part 3 that, that they aired still. the same night as a two-hour block. So this is like basically the Part 1 of two, but the two is actually two, if that makes sense. But there's Exodus Part 2 and Part 3. So like, you have another hour and a half of Season 1 to go. Okay, okay, that's what I'm asking. I have one more episode quotes. But it's 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 double it's double length, basically. That's and fair. then, just for future reference, she's not in Season 2, Episode 1, but she's in Season 2, Episode 2, which we'll talk about that later. But yes. we finally get Season 1, Episode 23, 23 hours into the first season, we finally get Michelle Rodriguez, Ana Lucia. We do not know where her last name is Cortez. Spoiler, it's Cortez. Oh. But what do you think? Because, I mean, obviously I know I knew how she got into... You still don't really know how she factors no. in on the island, because we've only seen her in a flashback. I thought that she was going to be, like, one of the secret cave people in, like, the bunker or something. Okay? Because, okay. like, I know she's in it, and I know that they're, like, trying to get into the hatch, and, like... Yeah. 
They're trying to get dynamite and, like, all this shit going on. So you thought she was already on the island. Did you just give me a spoiler that she's not already on the island? Well, she, we know that she's on the plane. Oh, okay. Okay, that's the distinction. Like, she's not, like, going to arrive later. Well, because you're saying, like, she was in the hatch or whatever, right? Like, yes, I we... thought she was, like, an island person. Like, she had existed right. there before, previously to the plane crash. Yes. So literally all we know is that on this, in this episode, we yes. see her come up. She talks to Jack, the, At lead, the bar. main character. You kind of need to watch Lost. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who this is for. I mean, obviously, Wes loves Lost. I, I would imagine a lot of people, people who have seen Lost, or at least part of Lost, have probably seen seasons one and two, I would guess. Yeah. But again, they're all on Netflix, or they're all on Hulu for you to watch if you want to watch them. That's where I'm them. watching it, yeah. Again, even when she gets added to the show, she's not the star of the show. It's a very ensemble show, so you just... It's easy to catch up. Wes was saying he wants to catch up. We're only going to do three episodes every two weeks. So if you want to watch along, you can do it. It's not crazy. I mean, you blew through a bunch, right? So it's not. Yeah, it's a, it's an up. easy watch. It's easy to binge. I really like. I was going to like talk about like the background things. I had watched most of season one. I don't think I watched up until this point. Okay, like where okay. I am right now. I might have. I don't remember it. I I like. I, I have very very vague memories of this. Remember, I told you I remembered like the plane with the drugs, but like not anything right, else. Which I did not remember because. The way you describe, like, there's a couple things that I got wrong when we were when we were doing the estimate. You, I said there's only one polar bear. There was a second polar bear. Like polar bears, like it's not a huge thing. Like they're just around, right? And then the plane, when you were like they're looking for drugs, I was like, I don't remember that has a plot line. And they're not. They're looking for whatever they see it in a dream. Yes. And then there's drugs in it. So like, I just wasn't remembering. I hadn't gotten there yet. But you were right that I remembered the way the plane looked and whatever. And that's you know how Boone dies. But yeah, I don't. I didn't remember he died. I remembered the plane. <laughs> I talked to Rachel, I like, I was like, Rachel, I was like, she's like, yeah, and Boone's dead. And I was like, like, for real dead or just like Fast and Furious dead? Like, is he going to come back or what? And she's like, he's dead. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's gone. He, he gone. He's definitely gone. Because he's, he's like our Paul Walker, right? In what way? Just the pretty blue eyes? Pretty blue eyes, kind of useless, but still helpful in some ways. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's doing a lot of, like, early Brianning here. So does that make, like, Locke... Tanner? No, then Locke is Dom. Because I feel like it's more, it's it's less like romantic and more like teacher-student kind of. Yeah, yeah, but there's a level of intimacy to that. Okay, but I mean, there's also, to a certain extent, there's an intimacy between Tanner and Brian. I mean, Tanner drops Brian off after he oh, silently know quit. Now. quit. <laughs> yeah. After he quits the police force, apparently. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it's not a direct comparison. Obviously, Letty is Letty. Anna Lucia is Letty. But, yeah. like, I would imagine Jack is kind of Dom, in a way. Like, he's always the one that people turn to for answers. Yeah, he is. He is the, he's, the, he's the father, the daddy Dom. Seeing what you've seen set up already, it kind of, he's he, it wouldn't make sense in terms of, like, the first movie or whatever, if whatever, but it's almost like Locke is Shaw. Locke is Or oh. The Rock. Or Hobbs. You know? Oh, like yeah. A, like, a, like a fellow, like, on the team kind of, but also a rival, sort of. Jack Locke, Dom, Shaw, Dom, Hobbs, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I get That makes sense, too. I have not thought any of this out, so I was no, not I... ready to have these comparisons. <laughs> but also, generally, I like the format of the show a lot, so if you haven't seen it, which I don't know why you'd be listening to this. If you haven't, though, the episodes are really great in the sense that they're, like, t- showing you the present story, and then they give you, like, one character flashback stories like per yep. episode do you have a favorite character flashback back in the day like people were like oh cool this is like a lock episode or oh cool this is like a sun and Jin episode like is there a character that you like more than the rest and is there a character that you like less than the rest i like the sun and Jin episodes i like the mm-hmm. lock ones because i want to know more yep. about them the charlie ones are always like i'm like oh cool they're gonna tell us something cool and they fall flat for me so like i'm like always like oh cool charlie episode like he could have such a cool backstory and it's just like he was a rock star that did heroin you're like okay cool that's 
we got that part. Real quick, on that topic, like, when there was that Collider interview with Damon Lindelof, like, the reason they wanted to end the show after three seasons, because they're like, we don't have more flashbacks to tell. Because, like, you can even tell at this point, like, yes. in season one, it's like, they're already kind of, like, running in place a little bit, right? Like, I there's agree. more story to tell, but it's like, how much more? Because at some point, you're just like, okay, like, we know the character. Like, we know who they are. We know where, why Their they're motivations, here, in yeah. a sense, right? So, like... To have 10 years of that would be like, what the fuck? Like, who cares? 100%. Because you're not like, what are you going to learn more about their motivations? Like, they gave you, like, the perfect snippet of, like, like how they're getting there, but they also pigeonholed themselves to be like, we can't add to that, right? Because you're on right. the island now, and they're like, this is how you got there. Like, what are you going to add more behind it to, like, know why they did their previous weird stuff? It doesn't make right. sense. And, like, they do a good job of, like, setting up the flaws, like, why these people, because they're all, like you know, flawed in some way. Yes, Pretty yeah. major ways, right? And, yeah. like, there's still more to reveal in those regards, but it's, like, at some point, you're like, okay, cool, like, I know that Jack is kind of an alcoholic or whatever, and, like, he's got daddy, like, everybody has daddy issues, right? Yeah. It's just all, like, you know, whatever. Who's the, who's the main girl? What's her name? Kate. Kate, totally useless episodes. It's the same thing over and over again, yeah. I find her very boring. Claire, the girl with the baby, like, once we got, like, the psychic part and, like, the psychic put her on the plane, I'm like, cool. Totally fine. I don't need to know anything else about her. <laughs> Hurley's great. I would like to learn more about him, but it's like it's already kind of told you everything you need to know in like the one episode I got of him. So I was like, oh, that's cool. As someone who like I vaguely saw the first season, you guys heard like what I was talking about. But it's cool to watch it now and like know some parts of the first season because like you see all these people interplay with each other, right? It really does. Like this really broke the mold in a way for television to be like. I wrote a whole like a series of papers in college for one class on law. Lost, like this like presentation or whatever and, like it really broke the mold like it was like the first like postmodern show where like it took what you what people kind of knew about tv and turned it on its head and like again what we talk about with this with the fast and furious the representation like not only oh, is it like an ensemble thing but like whether you are white or black or asian or whatever whether you're like a skinny dude a fat dude a man a woman Aussie, like whatever English. you see in yourself you see that pretty much on in a character yep. and like they're not all given equal screen time but like the cast is incredibly diverse i mean the leads are pretty much all just like straight white people right like it's all jack yeah. and kate and Locke and whatever but there is a lot more representation especially back in 2004 2005 when mm-hmm. we're watching right now like it's a very progressive show in like the sun and Jin episode like if you watch like hurley's like on the tv right yeah like yep. these yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. things like the things that we had never really thought about of like re-watching a show with it knowing that you might re-watch this right like that's what i'm saying yeah and like they'll show like they'll be in a, the police station in sydney and they'll have like sawyer like, yes. in handcuffs behind or whatever and like yep. they do that more and more overtly as time goes on but yeah like it's it's still cool to see it is i thought it was really nice and i was like oh this is well written like they had a nice storyboard going for this in the first season at least the real sawyer like the sawyer that he goes that has like the shrimp truck he can pay for his own shrimp he can pay for his own shrimp right that's one thing I don't know if you know this, but he's in one of my favorite films of all time. Casualties of Love, a Long Island Lolita story. Mm, he is also mm-hmm. in that movie. And I discovered that. Very and I was cool. very, very happy. Yeah. Oof. Okay, then some of the fascinations right before we get to... like I had like one big fascination when I was watching today. When Sawyer was reading Car and Driver to like calm the child. And he's just like oh, describing yeah, yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. engine. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious for us right like that's perfect yep. do you have a favorite character so far like flashbacks like independent of the flashbacks just like who you like following as a follow-up and maybe it's the same answer or not but like every time i watch the show i i sort of side with a different character and i'll go through that 
next, but do you have a favorite character? The characters so far? I find interesting. Michael Architect, shout out Smith and Gill. Shout out Smith and Gill, yes. I think is interesting and like Rachel said she like she's like he's such an asshole or something when we were watching it. And I was like, No, I think that his just like he's trying to work out a new relationship with a son that he didn't know. Yeah, he's in like week one of being a dad and they're on an island. That's what I'm right? saying, so. yeah. So he's and he and he wasn't and you see that he wasn't like a bad father. Like he just No, he wanted to be there. He, he got yeah he got kicked out. So it's like right? a very so. interesting emotional dynamic and somehow I can I can kind of like sympathize with him, right? Like I'm like he's trying to be there but he's also trying to watch out for his son and they're fucking in a plane crash so like i get that he's being like kind of like he has like really strict boundaries on him and he should let him go play with lock and throw knives but at the same time it's like you don't know this guy and he has knives so like you're a new dad and you kind of want to bond and it's a weird thing i like him and i like lock too i find lock interesting but like his like weird like lying about i'm like why are you lying about dumb shit just like stop doing that and you could just you could be like second in command if you just stop doing that jack is like too much for me kate is totally useless Charlie, I don't mind. He, he's, like, nice to break up stuff. And Sun and Jin are cool. But other than that... And then, like, then you'll get, like, all these random people. And I'm like, where the fuck did you come from? Like, I know that there's people there, but they'll just, like, pass, like, 16 people, like, on their way to get water. And you're like, what the fuck? What so... There's a show, there's an episode in season three called Expose. Okay. And it was explicitly about that, where apparently they had been hearing a lot from fans, like, why do we only follow the same 16 or 20 people? Yeah. Like, there's 45 survivors, like, we yeah. we don't know 30 of them, right? Yep. So they wrote an episode about Nikki and Paolo, who are this this couple that was on the plane. They opened the, it's, it's the greatest, it's, I love this episode, and so many people hate it. Like, they basically made this episode, because they were hearing this, people were like, what the fuck is this? They're like, this is what you wanted! They're like, well, not like this. But it opens like with like a tv show uh called expose where uh nikki is like this character she's like a spy like a sexy spy or whatever her, her tagline is razzle dazzle and she, like, it's just like this over-the-top corny thing and that's like the cold open and then like the show what i remember is like them over time where you see nikki and paolo through the history of the show it's just like and people are like who i don't i don't care about this like this feels like a wasted hour it's like you were just saying everybody was just saying that wait we wait have so they just gave you people. like a, they gave you like a flashback to the present of like season one yeah oh god that's so stupid though that's it i get that i would be pissed about that too like they just they were like okay if you have 45 characters and you're running out of things for like these like 16 characters then just be like group b was doing this right but i guess that like they took like all the good storylines like do you want to see like another guy moving rocks there's also to get... a certain point where like you don't you can't really tell a story about 45 people right like there's like the joke in season one like is that scott or is that steve it's like no steve died man or whatever like yes, scott died yes, well, yes. i don't even know like one of them died right and there's also going to be a bunch of boring people on the show right like right. like if you're on an island like there's going to be like 10 people that are doing shit and then there's going to be like the old lady and you're like okay cool will you see her for like a minute no 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 do not trash rose rose is wonderful i love rose and you'll say rose 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 I'm... I'm just saying you're just going to have, like, an old lady that's, like, kind of boring, right? Because she's an old lady. Like, she's not going to be, like, building a ship or, like, doing stuff like that. Like, that's, yeah, not, like, boring like she's a boring person, but just, like, what can she be doing right now? Like, carving mangoes. Okay, cool. Right. Like, well, I will tell you that Rose has a great story, so you'll see her. I'm just, I'm okay. very protective of Rose because I love Rose. That's fair. So the first time I watched the show, I was very firmly Jack and Kate because I feel like the show wants you to be Jack oh, and Kate because yeah. there's so much about that. And I was just like, cool, like, I'm with them. Then I watched it again. I was like, they're idiots. Like, Locke is clearly the one. And then I watched <laughs> yep. it a third time, and I was like, oh, no, they're both assholes. Like, Sawyer's, like, I don't give a fuck attitude. Like, that's where it's at. And he's, like, the real time, cowboy. Like he, But he's, right. like, he's not, like, faking it, right? Like, he's just, like, like well, he, I'm an he asshole. Is, though. He's, he's a little bit. like there's, He's softer he only... than he, he plays. That's But right. that's not faking it in the sense that he, like, like he doesn't care. Like, he, he's really, like, blunt about his 
perspective, like from the beginning, he's like, look, I hoarded everything. You have to come make deals with me. This is how it's going to work. And he right. is soft and he does go like kind of. Like, there's the one scene where he and Kate are playing I Never, which is not called yes. it. Like, I've always never heard have Never I Have ever. I Ever. Yep. Same. Right. But I Never, I guess, simpler for TV. And like, that's a great scene where they're finally able to let their I guards agree. down. Yep. That was but like, one. the rest of it, he's just like an asshole just because he's got this brusque demeanor, but like, that's the character and whatever. But this time, I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm back with Locke. Like, Locke is Locke's my guy. Yes. I love Charlie, my favorite character, and a lot of people's favorite character, you don't know yet. Okay. So let's talk about Letty. Let's wrap it up with Letty. She asks if Jack is single. Like, we had the Jack wedding episode. Do we, did we or did you not see that yet? I saw it. Yeah, when he marries um, Modern Family. Julie Bowen, like four or five years before Modern Family. I was like, oh shit, that's cool. And Happy Gilmore, yeah. And Lucia's, I don't remember how that plays out, but I guess that's a thing to keep in mind. What? That she's asking if Jack's single or not, right? Yeah, he's like, But I don't remember how that plays. He says, like, no, he's not married right now or something. He says something, like, really vague like that that, like, hints that he's not married. Not anymore, yeah. Because she's like, no ring because you're you're single or because you don't like wearing one. Um, But I like like that she's... Asking him about family. True. But she's, like, direct but kind, like, inquisitive but friendly. Like, she's very, like, letty and, like, blunt and to the point, but also, like, not an asshole. Like, it's Soft. it's clearly yeah. setting her up, like, this is somebody that you probably know from movies. Because, like, by this point, like, Resident Evil had been out. Like, SWAT yeah. had been out. Like, she's, like, a pretty established actor. She shows up. You know that she's on the plane. You know just from us doing this that she's going to be in season two somehow. So she survives the crash somehow, right? Yeah. But like, it just—it's an interesting tactic to be like, "Hey, stay tuned," and because she's not in the next two episodes, right? So it's just like we don't see more of her for a little bit. So I think it's an interesting kind of tease for I season agree. two yep. to have like this fairly sort of kind of especially for us you know recognizable, recognizable. she's at least yeah. recognizable like more so than like oh she was on an episode of svu once you know what i mean oh like, also i mean i missed the obvious I should, the first fast and furious was out too right so like yeah people know her she's not like brad pitt right it's not like her yep. it's not like a movie star but she's like a leading lady in movies and so it's it's a cool tease that like hey really more coming because like we wouldn't just have her for this one scene right so she's drinking tequila and tonic very before noon choice. yes before mm-hmm. noon that's when I was like, this is my girl. You know, I like traveling. One thing that Rachel and I have is like when we're traveling, there is no drinking rules. I mean, not that there's that many in our house now, but like if we get at the airport and it's like 8 a.m., we're guzzling fucking liquor because we're like, fuck it. No rules. We're on vacation. And I was like, that's a girl after my own heart. And the only other line that I really liked was she says, Jack, the worst part's over. Like talking about I like, have his that dad too. being died. It's like, nope, yep. nope. Not even, not even a little bit. <laughs> You're about to be in to a plane crash. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where her character goes, or like what she becomes, or where she where she is. Rachel mentioned something that might have been a little bit of a spoiler. She said like, like oh, what something about the tail of the plane, like when mm-hmm. Rose's husband wasn't there. She's like, oh, but like the tail of the plane, like was other. I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're in the tail of the plane. Rachel just dropping spoilers. Whew. Yeah, I guess. Any other thoughts about Lost? Any about no, I'm excited to keep going. I'm, I'm in it right now. I don't know how long we'll last. I don't know how long Letty's in it for, and I don't want to know how long Letty's in it for. We'll just keep chugging along here, and if you guys want to watch along, then do it, because it'll be fun. It'll get interesting. This one was going to be a bland one, so and we're not going to talk about the beginning stuffs again in the next segment, I don't think, so... I just need to break the break the like the intro in on like my thoughts yeah. so far, and then Letty was in it for three minutes. So yeah. All right. So Joe, the last thing we have to do before I take a break, and I need to have a better transition between these two, is the Fast and Furious minute minute seventy five. We got about a half an hour left in this movie. Minute seventy five. I don't love this title. I don't know if we have a better title, but I just have it called. And you know what? It was you. That's a. That's pretty good. 
Where's he going? Went to the car wash. Whatever, go fetch my car. Go fetch your car? We're not on your block anymore. You better watch who you talk to like that. Toronto! Toronto! SWAT came into my house, disrespected my whole family because somebody knocked me out. And you know what? It was you! In this minute, Johnny Tran pulls up to Dom and the family after his race against Jesse. Mm-hmm. Dom makes an excuse for Jesse that he went to get his car washed. It's a joke. It's not an excuse. It's like he knows that he's not serious about it. Like, I, like what the fuck do you want me to do kind of right. answer? It's it's like a joke, but it's also like it could be. Like, it's not necessarily not true, but it's also like just like give the kid in. Like, he, you, you're going to get your car, basically, right? And, like, I'm not involved with your cho- – like, you know right. what I mean? Like, I'm not your servant boy, so, like, I'm not going to go yeah. get this car – like, don't, yeah. Then Tran accuses Dom of narking on him. Leon acts as a wall, protecting Dom, ready to conquer whatever comes. Ooh. Dom lays hands on Tran. Two of Johnny's men rush Leon. Letty punches Lance. Leon wrestles with Tran's men. Vince rushes to help Leon. Then Brian shows up at the very, very end, too late to help, as security already begins breaking up the fight. Yes. And my first, my main thing is that, like, I feel a little blue ball. Like, we had so many perfect minutes. Like, I, I was waiting. I was waiting for the, I never narked on no one. But, I said like, that we to don't Rachel. Get that. I said that to Rachel when, when I was, like, watching it. I was like, oh, I think I'm on the never narked on nobody minute, but we're not. And this one's, like, a lot of face magic, right? Like, this is, like, I was really surprised at how little we actually see of everything else besides Dom's face and Johnny Tran's face in this minute. I thought we would get to I never narked on nobody, especially after we just watched the fucking deleted scene and extended edition, so. And the only other thing, because I know you found something very cool, which I have not read yet, but I counted in Dom punches Tran six times. He does a left cross and then like five right or four right hooks. Then he takes a pause and gets one more in. Letty throws one right cross. Like, Letty like sucker punches Lance so hard. It's <laughs> I so know. funny. It does make me wonder, like, is Dom a lefty? Like, why would you lead with your left hand? Like, I, he's thrown mostly with his right, so I'm assuming he's a righty. But, like, it's weird, I think, to lead with your left like that, right? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe not. I don't know. So there's not a lot for you to get in here, but you got something that you were very excited about. So what did you find? Very excited about it. So for the past, like six minutes eight minutes we've been at race wars right yeah mm-hmm. and we've seen dom sitting in this tent you know he had the igloo coolers underneath him and then for one split second we see what they have as a totem on top of that tent to describe the tent racing girl club that's what huh. Dom has been sitting in, and I thought that was amazing. Racing Girl Club. I mean, that would make sense. That it's like very early in the minute. Because I saw your your trivia question, and you didn't make a note of that up there, so no. I actually know the answer to that. See, Is it just one. Yes. Oh, it's like a hand painted, like a hand spray yes. painted it's, sign, it's right? A, it's black spray paint on a white sign, but at the very top of that tent that they have going on there. There's just a flag that says Racing Girl Club. It looks almost like, it's almost Fury Road-esque, I would say. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's just handwriting. Yeah, it's just handwriting. But I don't know why they had that and, like, what that was about. But, yes, I thought that was interesting. I thought that could be a minute question, but I don't know. It's very, very difficult. So I was, when we watched, specifically when we watched Fast and Furious 6 
for the Rocking Live Video Picture Show. I was thinking about like questions to ask for that because like a lot of the time, you know, I want I knew we were going to focus on Hobbs, right? We were focused yep. on the Rock, and so like when he wasn't on screen, I was just like thinking about like how would we break this down? Like what would we talk about? And like different kinds of trivia questions and stuff like that. And I feel like there's a bias, I think, and it's not necessarily a bad bias or an incorrect bias, but I think there's a bias that we and I think you more so are implying to this where it's we're under the impression that everybody knows these movies inside and out and I don't think that's the case like I think that like there's definitely easy questions like things that I write down are like that's too easy but I feel like there's things like this where it's like I've never even seen that sign. like I watched this minute 12 times I didn't you know I didn't see yes I didn't look yes, for yes, that, yes right but this is specifically I'm, I'm always considering this as like the first movie is the one that everybody knows like front to back you know but what I, I don't mean? know that like, that's necessary like even if you've seen like like I just I it's it's tough I think it's that also, there's like a it's weird of- it's weird when we do it like I admit that like like, if you're watching it in minute segments over and over and over again, there's things that, like, definitely start to stand out that you don't right. catch when you watch it as a movie. It's a completely right. different experience. I think there's, like, a, there's a kind of a, not a disconnect, but I think there's, like, a, a fork in the road that we need to take. Like, is the quiz that we're making to be taken after you listen to this? Because I feel like if you listen to the podcast... And again, there's not a right or wrong answer, just kind of what we have to do. If you listen to the podcast, I feel like hearing us have a conversation about Racing Girls Club, right? Oh, I remember that. Like, I know that that's on the thing. But like, if you have not listened to the podcast and you're just taking a quiz about the Fast and the Furious, like, oh, I know this movie. Let me see what it's like. You're like, what the fuck even is that? You know what I mean? So it's no, like a I very... Think, I think that there's a disconnect, but I think that they should also be related in the sense that like, if you were listening here, there's a chance that you will get 100. Granted, like, just from like the dumb shit that we talk about, you'll get a pretty high score, right? Like, not 100, but like, you'll get a pretty high score based on like stuff that you remember and then like if you didn't listen to us like you should expect like a 40 or 50 percent because that's what i was thinking with like i'm Fast not and gearing it to that yeah we need like easier kind of questions because i feel like even if you've seen that a lot there's more going on like i'm like there's the scene where brian and dom go to that pawn shop to get the gun or to find out more information about the yeah. gun right and i'm like there's so many like quick cuts where they're just like slamming a guy and then they cut to show him like his face against the glass and they cut back and they cut back and i'm like there's so much like it's such more frenetic action movie editing yes. where I'm like there's so much more visual information to take in you've got to almost go more high level and people even if you've seen that movie like we have like six or seven times like I'm sure that there's entire scenes in that movie that I will never like I just don't yep. remember exist right yep. so 100% I agree with you I think there's a difference between the first and the latter but I just don't know that like I think it's it's tough. I think there's like a I don't think there's a wrong way to do a right or a wrong way to do the quiz. But I think we just need to keep in mind that like these are really fucking hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they are. I do. I consider that a lot. And like either I need to have a come to Jesus moment and be like, this is just what the quiz is. Like I got to stop complaining to. That's about what it. We've, we've already, we're too far to be like, what are you going to do? Like tone it down. Like, I vetoed like real, like obscure, like how many horizontal Stripes. blue lines are on the pillow. It's like, no, no, like we can't do that. Like that's crazy. That's like, fair. Yeah. Like the flag here is like on that cusp where it's like, no, it's I agree. Clearly... That's why I said, that's why I didn't even put it in the bottom. I just wanted to yeah. tell you about it. But like, I was like, I, wish i could pick that like if if you would have like seen it like clearly over his shoulder like bigger yeah or like if it's like a if it's not blowing in the wind right yep. like it's behind them i think it'd be kind of cool um but it's kind of like almost but like i agree with you. shot but yeah yes because it blows and like you need to get it unfurled in like that one point second that like imposit to read like i wonder it. how many how long they filmed that for to have that insert shot you know what i mean but, like, I okay, no like the wind the wind is just not cooperating like, we have like 12 minutes of this i don't think can't they cared I don't think they cared, and it was just, like, totally just in the background. It didn't matter. So the questions that I wrote down, we have the easier one is where did Jesse, where did Dom say Jesse went? I have how many times does Dom punch Johnny Tran? Who does Letty punch? 
and then you have how many snowflakes are on Johnny Tran's hood. So yes. which of those do you want to go with? Because I don't know if this is a minute where like we need more than one, and I don't know that I love nope. these questions to have more than one, but is there one that you like more than the rest? The one that I enjoy the most, but it's going to be hard to find other answers for, is who does Letty punch? We could say like Lance. We could say... A security guard. A security guard. We could say Johnny Tran as the kind of the... in the like, Yeah. What we were talking about with... Emma, Emma's email, right? Where you have like one kind of very wrong. We could say Brian. That, and and then she's being held back. She doesn't punch anyone. Okay, so we could say. You like that? I think punch? that's so my she... favorite question of Brian, yours. Lance, security guard, or no one. I was saying like being, she's being held back. I feel like, because I, I agree that that's a better answer, but I think in the parallel structure of the answers themselves, like I feel like that's such a, it's so worded differently. No, I think, it, I think it makes it be like, is she being held back? Like that seems like way specific. You know what I mean? So we can say no one, she's held back. She's restrained. Like the Johnny Trans one snowflake on his hood because he has some on the side. I can see you seeing like, oh, but like there's some on the side, whatever, whatever. But I was like, that's my only contribution. Racing Girls Club, I didn't even consider, but I thought it was a really <laughs> cool flag. Look out for it next time you guys watch that movie. Who does Letty punch during the race wars fight? Lance. And he just gets cold clocked. Like, it's, it is, who boy. Like, yeah. he didn't stand a chance. Poor Lance. Your favorite character. Hey, like, again, when I saw him get punched, I was like, oh my god, like, that's so awesome. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I'm sure I've seen it. I don't know if I've ever registered that punch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen it. If you would have, like, asked me to describe the fight, I wouldn't have remembered it was in it. But, like, I definitely remembered it and seen it and laughed about it. Any other thoughts about the minute or the lost minute or anything else? Or should we take a break and talk about Widows? No, I think that was good. Wow. I'm excited to do more lost stuff, and I'm I'm excited how that worked out. So, yeah. Well, let's take a break. Let us hear another word from Smith and Gill and then talk about Widows. One, 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 two, fast. Widows, brought to you by Smith Gill Architecture. Their office is dedicated to the creation of new paradigms for sustainable development. They use a holistic, integrated design approach that emphasizes the symbiotic relationship with the natural environment. Shout out to Smith Gill Architecture. Well, shout out to Smith Gill Architecture. Joe, we are back in Chicago. I feel like, aside from California, we've spent more time in Chicago in these movies than anywhere else. recently, right? Like, we've been in Chicago a lot. Yeah, um, I agree. In that regard, and this is not a knock on the movie, it's more a knock on my experience, but I feel like if you lived in Chicago, I think that you would get a lot more from, like, because it feels like the city is kind of alive in this, but I don't know enough about Chicago to feel Fair. like... You know what yep. I mean? Like, it feels like I agree. Chicago is very important in this movie, but they don't, like, make a big deal about over-explaining it. I kind of wish I knew more about, like, the geography or the socioeconomic or whatever to, like, be like, oh, okay, cool. Because it kind of feels like it could is be bad. Because they're, yeah. like, they're, ta- they're constantly talking about, like, 18th Ward or whatever, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, we see it, but, like, right. 
what is it actually like? So Widows came out two years ago, 2018. Other than Alita Battle Angel, which she's barely in, I think. She's just, like, uncredited. Uh, This is Michelle Rodriguez's most recent movie, so I figured it would be a great way to kick off Lap 7, the Michelle Rodriguez, Leticia Ortiz lap. It's also a heist, which is very appropriate for our theme. So if you've not seen Widows, basically the movie opens with a heist gone wrong, Four dudes, led by Liam Neeson, die in the first, mm-hmm. like, two minutes of the movie, leaving four widows. Uh, the widows are Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Carrie Coon, and Elizabeth Debicki. While this is all happening, they were stealing money from this guy running for alderman, which is a city council position. Mm-hmm. And he was running against Colin Farrell, who is the son of Robert Duvall, racist, racist as fuck, Robert Duvall in this yes. movie. Yes, yes. Who is the current alderman, who's basically going to pass his lineage on to Colin Farrell. They're stealing money from the guy he's running against, who is played by Paperboy, Brian Tyree Henry, Paperboy from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Again, if you have not seen Atlanta, go watch Atlanta, the TV show. It's, it's wonderful. Perfect. Joe and I yeah. cannot endorse it enough. I agree. And so while this political race is happening, there's also this whole thing where like, he demands Viola Davis, who is Liam Neeson's widow, she owes him now $2 million or whatever. And there's what it they was... stole. They were exactly. trying to steal, yeah. And so there's this notebook with like how to steal $5 million from Colin Farrell. And so the whole thing was supposed to be she sells him the journal, everyone's good. But she's like, fuck that, we're doing the money ourselves. And so she gets all the widows on the team. Carrie Coon's out because she's got this new baby. Mm-hmm. But they bring in Cynthia Erivo, who is Michelle Rodriguez's babysitter. And they take down the $5 million heist. And in the end spoiler alert, Liam Neeson not dead. He faked all of this because he was in on it with Colin Farrell, that he and Colin Farrell were going to split the heist and that he has now started a new relationship with Carrie Coon because he had lost a child with Viola Davis. Mm -hmm. And so this mastermind of this heist, there's actually more to it going on than you actually thought. In the end, the widows pull off the heist. It's a happy ending for them. Viola Davis shoots and kills Liam Neeson. Basically, all the bad guys kind of get their comeuppance, all the good guys all the good ladies, everything's kind of a happy ending. Again, like I mentioned last week, I think, uh, directed by, I don't want to say the other Steve McQueen, but, but director Steve, Steve McQueen. McQueen, not yep. Bullet Steve McQueen. But yeah, this movie rules. I love this movie. I saw it in theaters, and I saw it again today, obviously. But you said you hadn't seen this, or you weren't sure if you had seen it. Now that you've officially seen it, do you think you had seen it before, or was this the first time? When I went to watch it, the stream had been played for 40 minutes. <laughs> so I knew that it's, like, my weird, like, I think I started it and fell asleep thing ring, rings mm. true. Mm-hmm. I just don't know when or where I was watching it. It had been partially played, and Rachel was like, have we seen this before? I was like, I don't think. So when I watch it, no, I didn't remember it. I hadn't seen it before. But apparently I did play it at some point, possibly drunk, possibly asleep. So now that you've seen it officially in its entirety, what did you think? I thought that it was really good. I love the cast. The only tiny, tiny qualm I had about it is when you see Liam Neeson is alive again. I -hmm. was like, oh, she's going to pull the heist and Liam Neeson's going to come take it at the end. And that was like part of it. And that kind of comes true. But like I saw this trope coming. So I think, I think, I don't remember. I mean, I saw this for the first yeah. time like a year and a half ago, right? But I, what I love this time is in my brain, I know that he's still alive. And so what I really loved, and I think it's, you know, you, you see it happen, but like you sort of see it before, is when they go to the warehouse, which is kind of like the, the lair or whatever, she finds his old jacket and the dog she's with. By the way, that dog is like apparently a big movie star dog. He was really? in the Netflix series Insatiable, which came out a couple years ago. Oh, I he was also this. in, or she was also, I think her name is Olivia. She was also in the movie Game Night, which I love with Rachel McAdams oh, yeah. and Jason Bateman. Same dog. Just a great dog. Had a great year, 2018. Dog in three three different big things. But you see when they're in the warehouse, the dog goes up to his jacket and she picks up the jacket and she smells and smells him. And so when they're at 
the apartment, before they reveal that he's alive, the dog smells him. And I'm like, ah. that's such a cool, smart setup there that like I didn't realize before. Like The dog is kind of the tip-off. Then she sees the flask, and it's a little bit more obvious. Then Carrie Coon opens the door, and he's still there. It's just the little details like that, I think, are so effective that it kind of makes up for the fact that like there's the kind of more obvious he's going to come back for whatever. Now that you say it, I saw the dog like sniffing and like being grumpy, but I didn't connect that the dog is smelling its owner. Yeah, because he just misses Liam Neeson, or she, she misses Liam Neeson, and then, you or know. Like, just knows its owner. Just, like, yeah. knows it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, intuitively the dog's gonna be like, yeah, what the fuck? What kind of makes up for the fact that it's kind of a, not a cliche ending, but, like, he does come back, you were right, is that you think that it's gonna be, like, this downer of an ending, because he pulls the gun, and then she shoots and kills him. That, like, it's, you know, it's a surprise, a twist there. That twist was excellently shot. I think that the like the camera work to trick me like that, I was like, oh, he's going to shoot her. And they both go like kind of like stoic, right? Yeah. Like you cut to their faces and neither like makes a reaction. And then he falls. I was like, very nice. I like that a lot. That helped placate my seeing him like, oh, she's going to do the job. He's just going to wait for her to do the job because he sent her the shit. And he's like, you weren't supposed to do this, right? So I thought that, you know, he knew that she was going to do it. That doesn't really matter, though. But, like, he was ultimately, like, setting this up so that somebody else does the job and he steals it. But that that made it a lot better. It, it, it definitely helped, for sure. The cool thing, you mentioned the camera and how the camera shot that well. Apparently, nothing in this movie was storyboarded except for the stunt, the, the heist scene. The stunt scenes, the heist scene, everything like that. So everything, they kind of, mm. like, let the actors do what they were going to do, like how they wanted to interpret it and react to that. And everything was shot by the cinematographer. And the cinematographer's name, I want to get this, is Sean Bobbitt. And so he basically just kind of responded to the actors, which is very cool, especially when you consider there's that one scene, we find out later, that they were able to pull off the heist because the two guys that were supposed to be standing guard, watching guard, or whatever, were just like freestyle rapping. And they like let the guys steal the money, right? And so yes. then later, when they're in the basketball gym, they have these two guys like in a freezer, and we hear them freestyling while you walk up, you're like, where the fuck is that music coming from? And they're just like, they just can't not. They're just kind of a couple of idiots, right? Yep. And they bring them out to the basketball the, the basketball court, and they're like, what the fuck were you doing? So Brian Tyree Henry, Paperboy, guy running for Alderman, his muscle is Daniel Kaluuya, who is the star of Get Out. He's in yep. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And his character in this movie is like the scariest motherfucker I've seen in any movie, maybe ever. He's pretty terrifying in his like coldness but then you also see him doing like really he it kind of reminded me of like paulie from the sopranos right like he'll do something that's like very terrifying but at the same time you see him like trying to learn spanish in his car and you're like what do you do (laughs) like what's really what's wonderful kind of about like because he's he's like a he's a well-rounded character because like in the end when they do the heist and they all come out to the car and cynthia revo's the the getaway driver and they're like go and she's got the gun to her head and we find out that he jacks the van and Mm -hmm. like as he's getting away he's like ever so slightly beginning to smile more like i can't believe i did it you know we pull off the heist without having to actually do the heist he's not doing i don't think he's reacting to the heist he's reacting to the radio well it's it's that but it's also like i think it's it's everything it's like everything is going their way right because like they just stole five million dollars from their competitor whatever you know the guy they're running against and the radio and like things are going well Mm -hmm. and like you see him smiling as opposed to being this like chilly icy motherfucker and then you know that's when he gets tapped and then he gets he crashes and dies 
and it's like, oh shit. But yeah, like he's he's a well-rounded thing. His little like fingertip fingers wave in the graveyard is in terror is terrifying. But mm-hmm. in that basketball court scene, he's like, show me what you were doing, and he makes the guys freestyle and like gets right in the guy's face. Yep. And like the camera does the 360 around. That was not planned. That was just like, let's ah. see how this goes. And so like that's crazy to me that that's such like a beautiful, memorable scene. Oh, very terrifying. Memorable. Yeah. And then like I knew what was coming. I think you kind of know when you watch it the first time. But, like, as he's freestyling, he just takes a step back and shoots the guy in the head, tells the beatboxer to run, and then the yeah. guy starts to run, he just shoots him in the back of the neck. It's just like, fuck, like, whoa, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I saw it coming, and it was funny, like, because Rachel was like, huh, and, like, reacted, and I was like, mm-hmm. you didn't see, like, this is clearly how this was going to end. When he, like, right. is like, you know, do your fucking dance, get your shine box, essentially, yes, is what he does exactly. To but yeah, man, that is, he's such a terrifying character because like, you know, they're, they all got their hustles and like, you don't need to fully understand what's going on. Like everybody's just like, they want the position because like they can be in on the take of everything. Like, they're both crooked in different ways, right? Like they're both like, we're going to be set for life if we get this. This is a huge ward or whatever. It's a, it's the Stringer Bell thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're gangsters and they're like, okay, we need to like go clean, quote unquote, and start like a legitimate racketeering industry. <laughs> right. Because that you know, because they're like, why would you do this? And he's like, you know, you get paid a hundred grand a year. And he's like, and Daniel Kaluuya is like, yeah, but we can do that like in a week. He's like, yeah, but like, man, then you get a piece of this, you get a piece of this, and then you run, you run the city. It's like well, exactly, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so let's talk now about the fast connections. We got Letty in here, but what do you got? Either Letty connections or fast connections in general. What have you seen? What did you catch in this movie? We, the first time we see Letty, we see her at what I would like to call dress shack. Yes, dress shack, food shack, dress shack. Yep. We see her with children. Mm-hmm. Got two kids. Which is now interesting because we know that she's a mother to baby Brian, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's a little fast connection there. Getting a preview of what she could be like, yeah. What did you see about Letty? The, the, the movie starts with very gross open mouth kissing between Liam Neeson and Viola Davis. Like, he, his kissing style is gross. I also wanted to bring this up to you. Whenever Rachel and I were watching this movie, I love Viola Davis. I love Liam Neeson. Them as a couple does not work for me. They're both like too cold in the movie or something. Well, I mean, they I think they're both too cold in the movie because their their son was killed by crooked shitty cops, like racist cops. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Maybe and that's gonna break up a, that's gonna break up a marriage. But like they have like no on screen chemistry together. I know that he can be I think it's because Liam Neeson is not always like a great actor and like Viola Davis is like a really great actor. She's a great actress, yeah. It's, it just feels like they can't connect in that way. I don't know, because he's like a great action dude, but it's just yep. like there, there needs to be more here. Like there needs to be an emotional investment here. It's a weird thing. And it wasn't like and we're like, dude, like we love both of them separately. They're like the same age. I can get it, like, anytime you see them together, like, beyond the, like, son being killed, like, as actors, they look like they just, like, didn't click. That's what it seemed like to me. So we were like, I don't know what I would do to change it other than, like, make them like each other more in the movie. <laughs> but, like, I, I can't do that. I'm like, and that for that reason, that relationship felt, like, very weird to me. And I was like, oh, I just don't get it. It's, it's definitely, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It's an intense and aggressive way. Like, the very, very, I don't even want to call it passionate kissing. It's just, like, very, like, he's just very open mouth. Like, he's just, like, it, he's kissing her entire, like, lower faces. Like, this yeah. is... Weird. It's stuff like this. It was like a bunch of like little things like this that I'm like, Ugh, like what the fuck is happening here? I don't know. I also, while we're on the subject of the husbands, uh, John Bernthal plays yes. Elizabeth Debicki's husband. He's yes. one of my favorite actors. He's a piece of shit in this movie. He beats the shit out of her before he yep. gets killed. But like, I love him. And I remember when I saw this in theaters, I knew he was in this. And I'm like, 
That's all I get. I get like 90 seconds of Burnthal. Like, what's the point? Like, why, why, why build him in the movie? Like, why show him at all? <laughs> I agree. So I was disappointed by that, but... We always have We Are Your Friends to turn back to. Boy, yeah, that's not what I go to for him, but yes, I agree. <laughs> I mean, he's great in Fury. He's great in Wolf of Wall Street. You know, sell me this pen. Like, he's great he's in everything so good. he does. Yeah, he's such a good actor. I agree. And I was very disappointed when he's only... Like, again, he's a piece of shit. And I was like, okay, cool. But, like, he's in this movie, sick. And then, like dead instantly i was like well what the fuck was that like why do you even cast john bernthal then like he doesn't need it doesn't need to be john bernthal to be like oh i loved you i didn't mean to hit you and then like dead instantly like you get one scene of him right just a bummer just a very big bummer to me but in that opening thing where we go from them kissing in bed to the heist and like the sound like everything about this editing is amazing but i was thinking you know as they're getting away this van is in very poor shape they're getting chased they got the doors hanging off like it reminded me as the door is dragging and sparking i'm like this is warning danger to manifold this is just the door dangling out the back dragging along the streak yeah 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 that's that makes sense i didn't catch that i didn't make that personal connection but yeah that works for me i liked that they had a heist viola davis like pitches it to all of them in the sauna right she's like this is what we're gonna do you know we don't have husbands anymore whatever whatever and you turn around and letty's the first one in She's like, I'm mm-hmm. in. And mm-hmm. she was like the first one down, ride or die. Like, she she was it, man. Although I think there's an irony to the fact that, like, they need a driver. They're like, fuck, we need a driver. Like, yes, who, who, yes. We need a, who, who's gonna, who could possibly of us drive? Because Elizabeth DeBecky goes to get, she buys the van, but she can't drive. So Viola Davis has to come pick her up. And she's like, why would you do that? Like, and I was just remind, remembering before the first movie in real life, Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster had to, like, get their driver's licenses because they didn't have them before the movie. And so, like, it's just Also, a crazy... the irony of them having Letty in a movie and being like, who's going to yeah, drive yeah, that's here? What I mean. that's exactly what I was saying. And not considering her. Yeah. Now that you brought that up, they go to the shooting range and Letty's a horrible shot, too. So yes. she can't drive, she yep. can't shoot, and she's not really resourceful with, like, getting the shit done either. So actually, in regards to all of this, so Michelle Rodriguez did not want to be in this movie. She originally refused the part. In an interview, she said, quote, I didn't see the female empowerment in soft power. It was an all too familiar tale of poverty in an urban environment. I've lived with that life. I've lived that life. Why would I want to portray it? But then Steve McQueen met with her and they talked about the movie and she went on because like it is empowering, but it is like, but not for her. It's like only her character is the one that gets like shit on. She's like a single mom. And like they don't give her any, they don't give her any agency, right? Like she, she's not mm-hmm. good at anything. Like they don't even give her like a skill. She's just like down and can like, run with. Yeah, the backpack. she just has the passion because she says, you know, she's the first one to be in. Like later, she's like, if this all goes wrong, I want to make sure that my kids know that I tried to do something for them. I didn't just sit by and like let this world pass me by or whatever, right? Like she, yeah, it's she just, has the attitude. It's just that her character is like lacking in skills, which bland. is bland. Yeah, and and then, like, the girl, the Polish girl, like, the blonde girl, she's, like, quote-unquote, like, the shitty one, right? Like, she's, like, useless. Her mom's, like, you know, you should be an escort because you're useless and, like, all of these things. And it's, it's like, she's a great shot. She tricks the guy into telling her what the blueprints are. She speaks Polish and is able to get stuff done. Like, she's able to, like, pick out marks and be like, yeah. Like, I think that's almost like she fucked up once. Viola Davis scared her straight, and she's like, okay. I I think that's almost like what she needed. Like, she was, she, I think that's probably explicitly what the movie is saying, that she was victimized 
by for so long by her husband that like she had to have someone say like you're better like be better than this you're better than this yeah. she's like oh wait no i am and that's when she you know pretends that she's a male order bride to that woman and the yeah, daughter's like mommy you always say you always say that a gun is a woman's best friend and she's like okay what do you need and like her victory sausage like walking out of the gun show like taking a bite of a sausage or, like a hot dog just like in in yep. victory it rules like it's so good and she's great oh no movie. it's awesome i love it but i'm saying like how do we give her so many cool skills and we don't give any to michelle right. rodriguez in this movie right like, like in Viola Davis is badass, and then the other chick, you know, you see that she's, like, kind of, like, the dark horse, kind of, like, you know, she's in the mix, she's Liam Neeson's new wife. Oh, well, you, you, wait, so do you, you know her, Carrie Coon, is, like, one from, of my favorite actors, she's yeah, from The Leftovers. Yeah, she's from The Leftovers, yeah, 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 I know, I recognize I was her. also bummed that, like, she was not in the movie a lot, because I knew that she was one no, of the four widows. exactly, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck, but yeah, there's a reason that she's not around, but she is effectively re- replaced by Cynthia Erivo who's like a Broadway actress. She just played Harriet Tubman in that Harriet biopic. But she also, within a month of this movie coming out, she played in that movie Bad Times at the El Royale, which I loved. Oh, yeah, you did love this movie. Yep, I remember She's in that. So, like, she had a great late 2018. Like, she's a really, really good actor. Oh, she's an awesome actress in this. And they give her a ton of agency, too. She's, exactly. like, fast she's, she's and, like, like, resourceful. Yeah. And, like, and, she's a, and she's a driver. It's everything. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah, I don't know. So, like, Letty's babysitter just, like, steals all of, like, she just has no useful skills. That was my... I, watching this movie... Watching this for Letty is, is, a, bad, is a bad thing yes. to do. If, like, watching it, I'm like, oh, I want Michelle Rodriguez to be badass. She's just, like... Just a mom, like a Latina mom. That's it. Yeah. Like, well, we they're... will get we will get more of we will get a lot of badass Michelle Rodriguez. I know lap. we will. This is more the movie, just like the big movie to start with, not necessarily the big role to start with, right? So you know. Yeah, exactly. Also, I do want to say that a movie that we will likely be covering later this lap. This reunites her with Colin Farrell, who were together in SWAT. So um, that's some you know alpha Michelle Rodriguez performance back mm. in like. Oh four ish, I want to say, but we'll figure that out maybe down the road. I love that they use Letty's daughter's voice modulator in the heist. Did you catch I that? I love it. Yes, I caught it, and I saw, as soon as she put the voice modulator in and talked, I saw the light bulb go off, and I was like, "Yep, they're all gonna sound like Bane when they go to do the heist," and that's exactly what happens. Which is super super cool. I, I love that. It. Yep, it's a good touch. That that was her that was her whole resourcefulness. Yeah, is she just like uses the child's toy as a voice modulator. Cool. It's unfortunate that it's Letty for our purposes, but I think it has to happen to one of these four women that she's taking the breakup the hardest, that she found out that her husband had been gambling away the rent money, you know, the guys that he was like in debt to or whatever, taking the store back from her. She goes, she's doing the work. She's trying to figure out what this blueprint is. She goes and she like uses her resourcefulness to figure out, you know, who created it. But then she goes to that woman's house and finds out that like... What was this, by the way? I think this is just like her having, coming to grips with the fact that her husband is gone. Because she goes to this house and she like lies her way in and she's talking to this guy and like you know my boss really would like to talk to your wife and whatever and he's just like my wife died four months ago get the fuck out of my house and then then they make out i think it's just because they're overwhelmed by grief i think that's i think it's just like she can't she doesn't know how to she has so many emotions right now like she's angry and she like she's angry at her husband but she's sad about her husband she's like involved in this whole thing she's under the pressure to do the work and she's got so many conflicting things going on in her that she just doesn't know what to do and this guy is like her her in that he's grieving i think there's again like we were talking about you know last episode where we're talking about shipping you know vince and brian it's like it's just there's so much energy there's so much emotion there that you just get confused like you just don't know how to react i don't think it's 
abnormal. I think it's I think it's strange, but I think that it makes absolute sense. What I wanted because we're watching this for Letty, I wanted then for her to use her femininity femininity to like get this guy to fall in love with her to use him as part of the heist. But like we don't even get that from it, right? Like I'm like, oh okay, cool. She's like using his grief and then she's gonna make out with him and then he's gonna be like, look, I know that you're like doing this, but like I'll I'll help you anyways. And we don't even get that. She just like makes out. I don't think that he's an architect though. I think that's the issue. Like I think he's just like he was married to an architect, right? Like he doesn't know anything. Like he's like, oh I think I know oh. like the way that he's at the door, he's just like, I don't think I know you. Like, I think I know that person. If the woman you're referencing is one of, like, the six people at this firm that have a business card up front, like, if you were the art, like, if you worked there, you would know that person. Like, as one of the principals, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. here, I think it's just like, oh, yeah, like, I think my wife talked about that person. I think I know about, like, I think it's just like, he's not an art. So I don't think he could help. I think it's just that, like, he's just in that position. Yeah, so then why make them make out any, it's, it's just, I think it it's just, I think it's just showing grief. I think it's just showing the yeah. loss, the, the loss, the process of loss they could have had like a sudden like embrace right like where he's like my wife died four months ago and she's like i'm sorry like my husband well they do and then it just and then it becomes more but then she stops it pretty quickly i think that they could have done more with it but i also feel like it feels more real that they didn't do more with it they're like oh now that she's in with this guy because like they're already using the elizabeth debicki thing where it's like you know she's using the guy that she's with that she doesn't really want to be with like that to have two characters do that would be like, well, why why both? Yeah, but why didn't you just make Letty do it to begin with or something? Because then what does Elizabeth Debicki do? Like, she has, she's she got nothing other than, like, just running around doing errands. Like, I feel like... No, but she's good at the errands, and then she's, like, a good shooter, and she's, like, yeah. I think they all need to respond to the grief in one way. Like, Viola Davis gets angry. Elizabeth Debicki gets, like, you know, again, has to become subservient in a way because she just tries to continue her life as is. Letty gets real sad, and then Carrie Coon's not sad because, like, you know, she's she got a new relationship, right? Yeah. So One fast connection-ish sort of kind of that's not quite, but we talked about a while ago. I don't know if you're going to remember, but I think it's in six, five or six, whenever, I, I can't remember th- where, where this scene happens, but when Brian goes to prison, when Stasiak drives Brian to prison to meet with Braga, I guess it's probably six, they're, you know, they're driving and like in the car, Stasiak's like, look, if you can't get out of here in 24 hours or whatever, like I can't get you out. Like they're doing this whole thing. Yep. But it's like very clearly like they didn't shoot that scene. So we're just seeing a car pull up to the prison. They're just doing the, the dialogue on top of it. Right. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. somebody fucked up here. They needed to add more explanation or whatever. Here yes. in this movie, there's a very conscious decision, which I don't understand why, but I think it's super cool. Yes. There's like yes. a three or four minute scene where they're driving through Chicago and we're hearing Colin Farrell and like his chief of staff or whatever whatever that woman's role is you know yes, her, yes. Like, high up in his you know campaign campaign manager maybe they're having like this very long conversation and we don't see it at all like we just hear it, we but, like, see the windshield we're facing yes. the car we see the windshield and then the cityscape of chicago behind it and like i don't know exactly why you do it that way other than to show the city but i also think that like it was cool like it was a very interesting decision it just reminded me of like that scene in fast and furious where it's like oh this was it's like the same kind of scene where we're hearing a conversation from outside a car but one is on purpose and one is like oops i thought the exact same thing that you did that it felt weird and almost like they fucked up the scene but I also really enjoyed it as I was watching it. I was like, oh, wow, like, this is really yeah. great. Like, th- this is really interesting and stylized. And I was like, I, I was debating whether or not they did it on purpose. I think they had to have. I don't know why, but, you know. Yeah, unless you just add in this whole scene that, you, like, you didn't shoot for some reason. It's weird. I made a note that, like, so the score was done by Hans Zimmer, who's great. He does all the Christopher Nolan oh, movies, yeah. and, like, it's great. He apparently, so this was based on a novel, and the novel was also adapted into a British 
TV series, a miniseries, like interesting three or something. Like I think a six part miniseries. But Hans Zimmer did the music for that one too. So it's like it's cool that like they were re- <laughs> he's doing the music for both versions of Widows, which I think is kind of interesting and cool. That is cool. You know, we talked about the whole Letty making out with this dude scene. I think that it's kind of a really realistic way of seeing like what Letty, the character Letty, as opposed to just saying Michelle Rodriguez characters in general as Letty or Michelle Rodriguez or whatever, but like as the Letty character herself, what might happen if Dom died? Like she would be lost. Like she is unmoored and she would just not know what to do. The one thing I did like is that the end of it is that like by the end, she's like, look, I'm going to be a single mom. I still held shit down. She did accomplish her goal and she kind of is like, okay with it. And like is taking this role on. That was good. But yes, you're right. In the middle parts, like I think also that she would be like lost without Dom. I don't know if it'd be this extreme or this like dramatic, but I think that it, it shows, like a, I think it accurately shows her going through grief and I could see like I could see Letty in that moment because like we see you know when at the end of seven at the end of seven when she lets everybody know that they got married and she's like crying over his like lifeless body right like it's you know mm-hmm. getting closer to the end we see the heist I thought it was very cool that Michelle Rodriguez was the only one with enough balls to shoot the guy. And I was like, that is a nice touch. For as much as I was disappointed in what they were like, you know, having her fumble through preparing for the heist, when it came down to it, her reactionary skills were like on point. And as bad as a shot as she was, she still shoots and kills him. So shooting somebody's never a good thing. But in this point, yes. Right before they like go to start doing the heist, Letty comes in. Michelle Rodriguez comes in and she's like, you guys are talking about this, but like none of you have ever spent time in jail before. Mm-hmm. She like sits down with all the women. And she's like, no, but like you're saying like if this goes like she's like, I spent six days in jail. And all I wanted her to say was like, I spent six days in Lompoc and I'm never going back. I'll die before I go. Back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wanted it so bad. But like it was cool that she was like, yeah, I'm the only one who's ever been to jail before. So like I'm telling you, like it's not this fucking cakewalk like you think it is. Yeah. Um, I only have two other notes about the movie. One, I love that it was Matt Walsh as the uh, head of the security company with the, the Matt Walsh, like from the, yes. like, he's just, he's one of the founding yep. members of UCB. And like, he's just like this goofy comic actor who's in a bunch of things. And I love him. And just to see him like at the mercy of Viola Davis. And she's like, well, he shouldn't have cheated on your wife with your niece or whatever. Like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, what'd you expect? Yeah. But he's just like so whiny. And I just loved seeing him like totally powerless. Cause I love him as an actor. The only other note that I have is at the very, very end like, it almost seems like for a second the movie's going to end on Letty. And it's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, well, she's not the main character. But, like, we see her, like, smiling when she gets her store back. Yes. And, like, there's a fade to black. And I was like, wait, is that is that the end? And then there's a whole other scene, like, in the diner where Viola yes. Davis and Elizabeth Debicki are, like, separate. But, you know, whatever. But, like, there's a moment where I was just like, wait, is, is she, the like, wife is so the weird. star? Yeah, like, what? I, th- I thought so, too. I was like, damn, they're really going to end on her, though. That's pretty cool. Like, look, like, her full circle was like the symbolism for like all of them meeting their goals right and it's like yeah no we have to like you know dumb her down again so <laughs> the only trivia do you have any actually do you have any other notes about this movie because i have two little bits of trivia i have one that are more i have, I have a question for, for you they pull off the heist they go out to the car the kid from get out has the driver hostage you know steals the money from them and he drives off where did they get the second car from i think they had a backup car i'm guessing what their plan was was to have because there's the van parked outside colin farrell's house right and like yes. if anybody sees like they're on they're on the lookout for this unmarked white van i feel like kind of like baby driver kind of like a lot of these movies you drive that to a second car 
and you like just dump the first car, you burn the for you torch the first car, or whatever, and then you have the second car that's the getaway car. I just feel like they had a park somewhere or they stole one. But I'm guessing that they probably like around the corner or nearby somewhere they had another car that was like totally uninvolved with the Colin Farrell residence that they were going to drive wish- to, transfer the money to, and then get off from there. I get it. I just needed the like one scene of like Viola Davis and like all of them pulling up in the Passat. Like, or the silver Volkswagen, whatever it is. Like, I want to see them pull up in it just so that my brain's not like, where does this second car come from? That ties into one of the two trivia bits that I had about this movie. Maybe we would have seen it that Steve McQueen's original cut of this was three hours. So this was a two hour and nine minute movie, which I think it doesn't feel super long. I think it flies by because I think the the score and the action, everything, I think it works really well. It has a nice pace for as slow as it is. Like we don't get to the heist until like an hour 40 into this movie. Well, it's it's crazy that like there's a heist in the first two minutes and the last like 15 minutes, right? Mm Because like basically the heist ends and like, you know, she kills Liam Neeson and like that's kind of the end of the movie. Then there's like, you know, five or 10 minutes of like wrap up, but like. It's just like it's bookended by the heist, which I think is kind of a cool. And in the middle, there's a story of politics and corruption and which is grief good, yeah. and loss and whatever, right? So, yeah. But I think that in that three-hour version, maybe we see them do a little bit more prep. We see them whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just got the impression that like they had a car nearby, they run to it, or maybe because we've seen Cynthia Erivo literally sprint through this movie, like she's Tom Cruise, like yes. run to this car, drive back, pick them up, and then go and you know tap it or whatever. It also reminds me now. I didn't think about it while watching the movie, but you think about in Death Proof when they're like, you know, I want to tap that ass, right? Where they just like tap Stuntman mm-hmm. Mike's car. I feel like this is a little bit, I mean, maybe it's realistic, but it feels like over the top for the for a movie world where they like tap the car, he like completely loses control and then like dies. It just feels like, oh, but in real life, like you probably, if you did get rammed from behind without expecting it, you might absolutely lose control. Things could break bad. Oh yeah. You'd crash and you're in and a van. Killed. Yeah. The only other bit of trivia that I have is that the line when Elizabeth DeBecky comes back from the first date that she's on with, again, just a peaceful asshole piece of shit who, like, eventually helps her. But, like, he's just, you know, by the end. The escort just, guy. Yeah. And then she walks in, like, way overdressed for, like, heist prep. And Viola Davis says, what are you wearing? And Letty says, a condom. That was a Michelle Rodriguez ad lib because, you know. <laughs> It just worked. But, like, the costume designer was like, that actually is perfect because, like, the goal of that dress was to make it look, like, tacky and shitty. And, like, Michelle Rodriguez basically saying, like, it looks like a condom, man. Like, you know, it yes. just, it's funny. And also, she's a dress maker. She's a, she owned a dress shop in the, True. the yes. movie. So her, her take on it should be considered a more refined take on dresses, right? I was also trying to think of, like, when Letty actual Letty now, Fast and Furious Letty wears dresses. We got the dress, the red dress Oh yeah, in that one. Furious That's 7, like in Abu Dhabi, right? Mm-hmm. She's got her wedding dress in the flashbacks in 7. Does she only wear dresses in 7? Because she's not really a dress type. Yeah, I think she's more like utilitarian, right? Like she's normally like in like shorts or like cargo type things. Or like her leather pants in the first movie. Like I feel like maybe oh, yeah. dress is just in 7, but she fights Ronda Rousey in the dress. She walks in in the dress. You know, she's got the wedding dress on in the flashback, so... I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a, definitely a character. That, she looks great too. She's like she's very attractive. So I don't get the why Fast and the Furious doesn't use her in dresses and more things. Like they I can think put it's her just in a more, character. I think it's a character thing, but I think that they could use her in more situations where they're like, hey, like go be a babe for like a distract. But then they had Giselle, right? So I guess they didn't need Letty to do that. I think Michelle Rodriguez is beautiful, but then you bring in Gal Gadot, you're like, oh, well, she's, you know, why? She's going to be the, yeah. Any other notes, or do you want to watch the trailer for Widows? I got through all my notes, so cool. I talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. Let's watch the trailer. Let me. So we were watching the trailer. Again, this is, you know, as opposed to classic car movies where, like, cla- movie clips, classic whatever, classic trailers has to collect them all. These are now in the era where, like, 
trailers existed on YouTube. So this is from 20th Century Studios, Widow's official trailer HD, 10 million views, 2 minutes and 24 seconds. Let me know when you buffer it, and we can get I'm going. Good. 3, 2, 1, play. Regency Seesaw. I don't know what that is, though. You have no idea, do you? Oh. Or did you choose not to know? See, they look so weird. Like, even when they're, like, trying to, like, snuggle and stuff. Okay. Oh, I think I do remember this trailer being like, oh, this is cool and weird and badass. Because it's, like, it's it's chilling. Like, you don't know what this is about, but, like, it's, like, things are going wrong. Yes. Now becomes about yours. I remember seeing this in theaters, too, like, when I was going to see another movie at the time and being like, holy shit, this looks awesome. Look at all these guys that are in this yep. movie. Like, all these actresses that I love. Like, everything about this seems awesome. Oh, right. It was co-written, so Steve McQueen brought in Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl and wrote Sharp Objects. Your Wave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like, this is one of those trailers where I'm like, I don't want to watch trailers, but I don't know what this movie is, and, like, I, I need to know what this movie is. You know what I mean? Just like, I... This is... It, it's done well, yeah. Yeah. It's done really well. Like, you get that it's kind of a heist. You get that all these women are in it. You can see Paperboy. My husband left me the plans for his next Okay, job. husband left her plans for the next job. to pull it off. Why should we trust you anyway? Because I'm the only one standing between you and the bullet in your head. There you go. Yeah, that scene a, is awesome. You're right. It's so ter- really terrifying. Like one. And my father. Robert Duvall of a hard end in this movie. I mean, it fits the character. But I'm just like, still even hearing it, she's like, oh, Jesus Rachel, Rachel said the same thing. She was like, oh, like, <laughs> we're not, this isn't a Tarantino movie here, guys. Come on. Wait, he's not actually in The Godfather, right? Yeah. I think that's a different scene. That's a different range scene. That was an outdoor range. I don't know if we saw that one in the actual movie. We see the indoor where they're a mess, but... Yes, we see the indoor one. Letty gearing up. I don't know if we saw that. Like, I think there's a lot of, like, gearing up and prep stuff in here that's, like, not necessarily in the movie. Maybe in the three-hour cut, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Academy Award nominee, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, there's a ton of... This is a stacked cast. Now the best thing we have going for is a Super stacked. This trailer is actually pretty good, man. I'm really surprised. Yeah. And that's the yeah, that's the line that I remember because they don't think we have the balls to pull it off. It's like, yeah, no. yeah, man, damn, damn. That's actually yeah. For yep. us not watching trailers, yeah, that's a really good one. It doesn't ruin the movie. I'm so surprised. The last game we have to play is the Letterboxd game. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, the most popular film on Letterboxd, or at least one of them has been seen by six... Ooh, important milestone. 600,000 even now. Is it actually 600 or is it under... 600,477. So it congratulations. Wow. Mad Max Fury Road, 600,000 times logged on Letterboxd. Widows, 2018. Directed by Not Bullet, Steve McQueen. Starring Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Liam Neeson, Robert Duvall, Colin Farrell, so on and so forth. Average rating of 3.6. Most common rating of 4. How many people have seen... Widows. Oh, I'm going to say... I don't even know where you begin with this. Like, This is one where it's like, it could go any number of directions. I know. I'm going to go like 70,000. Higher. 110. Somewhere in between. One more guess. Uh, 85 was going to be my first guess. 96,389. 96,000 people have seen Widows. Average score of 3.6. Most common, 4, then 3.5, then 3. A lot of people I follow gave it 4 or above. No, it's a newer movie. I, yeah. it's, oh, it has a great cast. I figured it had to be high. That's what, yeah. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I think that I did a pretty good first guess on that. So now, out of the 96,000 people, how many have it in their top four films of all time? Oh, um, let me go like 2,500. Way, 2, way, way lower. Way lower. Really? 
Yeah. 65. A little bit lower. Uh, 58. 55. That, you know, after your guess of, you know, the astronomical guess, you got you got there pretty quickly after the first one. But yeah, yeah. 50, 55 people. I feel like it's one where, like, again, I don't know. I don't, we don't have, like, Google trends of, like, these kind of things. But I feel like maybe after this movie came out, we had a lot more. But You're right. You know, I now. feel like that, too. See, I thought that, I was trying to factor in that there's, like, a lot of actors that people love in this. A lot of things that I could see them being like, I love every movie that Viola Davis is in, or I sure. love every movie that Paperboy's in, and like yep. he's not in that many. Like, uh, and like oh, or like you know, I love every Steve McQueen movie because he's a mm-hmm. great director. So it's a lot less than I imagined. I also do want to say that this is after a career of more than thirty years and like seventy-five supporting roles. This is Viola Davis's first leading performance, which like again, Jesus. like it's not truly. I mean, she is the lead here, but she's not really the lead. So like, just give her more to do, Hollywood. It's like a shared three-way. Like it's kind of like saying like the first movie is like a Vin Diesel movie, which like it is, but it's also not really right. Like it's like yeah. it's kind of a Vin Diesel, it's kind of a Paul Walker, it's kind of a this, it's kind of a that, it's kind of an ensemble. Like yep. So I found I was saying. When you came on, I was saying that I was having a little bit of trouble finding a person just because, like, a lot of the top fours were kind of whatever. But we're going to go with Carrie Whitmer at Carrie's Not Scary. She's at Carrie'sNotScary.com. What's going on on this website? Let's see if this loads. Mm. But her review from June of this year says, This movie has it all. Colin Farrell's shifty accent. Chicago architecture, in parentheses, a kink. The tallest woman <laughs> I've ever seen. Michelle Rodriguez doing a heist without her family because her family did a heist without her. Ooh, Five stars. And I was like, review. she's a Brooklyn-based entertainment writer, Rotten Tomatoes approved, critic and author. Okay, cool. I'm going to message her on Twitter and be like, hey, we found your, I want to have her on talk about Fast and Furious because it seems like if Do she's it. making like family references in this. Yeah, you know. she's a fan. Yeah, she's got 7,000 followers. Oh, Brian already follows her on uh, on Twitter. Interesting. So. All right, so her top four, Widows, is her number three. Again, keeping in mind that this is... It was difficult for me to find. I'm still not sure if this is... I'm not, I'm not thrilled with, like, four great movies. I love all four of these movies. I'm not saying the movies are bad, but I'm just saying that for the purposes of the game, I was hoping to get a little bit better, but it is what it is. Widows okay. is her number three. I don't even know where to begin with these. Fuck. They're all from the last, like, three years. So they're all, like, basically brand new movies. Okay. One we've had very recently. I'm trying to come up with, like, fun clues that don't just give it away. I can't help you. <laughs> I know, I know. I know that's the whole point of the game, and I've even had time to think about it. Um, okay, so her number two is a remake. A very It came out last year. It's a remake that is Beloved. A beloved remake. Um, yes. Is it going to be Ocean's Eight? No, uh-huh. this one's way more, way more beloved than Ocean's movie. People liked Ocean's Eight. People love this movie. Um, but, but I will say, ensemble-wise, in the same ballpark. Okay, so Jumanji. No. <laughs> You went the wrong direction. I know, I know. I was teasing. A remake movie that came out last year that everybody loved. Yeah, was I it loved. like a franchise movie, nope. or was it like a? It's, just it's like based a on a book, and they they've made this. They've adapted this a handful of times, and the most recent one was last year. And this is the one that she loves. Give me another clue. It's it's similar in cast compo- cast makeup, in a sense, to Ocean's Eight. So it's like a woman-driven one. Yes. What is it? I don't know. I was gonna say Ghostbusters. It was the first thing that came to my mind. No, that was that's the like five years, it. four or five yeah, years. And yeah, hated it. The woman's even in the title, almost kind of. Little Women. Yeah, Little Women. Okay, there you go. Number one is in a franchise that is has probably the worst part of Twitter. Not the worst part of Twitter. The worst part of movie Twitter is about this franchise, and this is the most divisive of the movies in that franchise. Batman Begins. No, worse, worse than Batman. Worse than, worse than that. Also, people worse. love Batman Begins. 
And again, and, this is from the last two years, three years. And people talk about this franchise a lot. Yeah. So like Marvel. Arguably bigger than Marvel. Maybe not bigger than Marvel, but arguably bigger than Marvel. Not Or as big as Marvel. Nope, nope. I mean, we love it, but it's not as big as Marvel. What's what's a franchise? What's the other franchise that's as big as Marvel? I can't even think of anything that even compares to it. It's been, hap- it's been going on for 45 years. Uh, James Bond? That's even longer, but no. People, people like James Bond. Like, people aren't really against James Bond unless you're like, James Bond's a woman's like, fuck out of here, because people are dumb. Bigger, bigger than Bond. I don't know. What, what, Mission Impossible? Like, what's... Bigger than that. No. I don't, I don't know how to, like, I, I don't want to just, like, slam dunk it. Um... Yeah, how are you not getting me there? I, it, I just... and The franchise effectively ended last year. That doesn't mean anything to me. People also, it's not this movie, but people hated the last movie in this franchise. I liked it, but almost everybody hated it. And it still almost made it like a billion dollars. Jurassic Park? Nope. Bigger. Um, Bigger franchise. Like the the biggest franchise in the world. I can't think of anything that's bigger than than Marvel. What is bigger than Marvel? What am I missing? I think you have to go a long, long time ago. A long land before time? No, in a galaxy (laughs) far, far away. Okay, Star Wars. Star Wars. There you go. Okay, yes, you're right. Okay, that's the biggest franchise of all time. Yes, you're right. Okay, fair. Yeah. So what's 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 Star arguably Wars. the most divisive? Do you know the? I mean, do you know the names of the, the new ones? No, I don't, because I didn't watch any of them. I think that the one that the girl is the main character. They're all she's Ray is the character, the main character in all of them. So like, what is it? The something with the Jedi. The last, last Jedi. Jedi. Well, so yes. Jedi's in I think eight and nine, but yes, no. I was going to say the Last yes. Jedi. Yes. Last Jedi is eight. Yes, that's her favorite movie. So she's got Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Little Women, Widows, and then the fourth one is the one that we had recently. It is the most recent movie by a pair of directors, brother directors. We had recently? What does we had recently mean? We had it in this game recently. Okay, and it's like, I'm going to guess it's a Coen Brothers movie. No, the uh, the other director brothers. I don't know. It came out last year. Yeah, keep going. It's a new, it's new to Netflix now. So if you've been navigating Netflix, it's like the banner on Netflix, basically. Okay, keep going. Set in New York. Okay. Comedic actor turned dramatic role. Gangs of New or King of New York, King of Staten Island. No, no, what? no. The new, it's the newest movie by the guys who made the movie that the new Batman was best in. That's what did you just say? I don't even. That was just word salad. What so the movie that the new Batman was his best in was made by these guys, and their new movie is this movie. Um, Maybe we didn't have this one. We had the other one. We had the one I'm trying to get you to... The hint, we had that one, maybe. maybe Suicide we didn't have this Squad? One. No. The new, no. N- the new Batman. New Batman. Robert Pattinson. Correct. Kay. Was in a movie made by two guys. Good Times. Good Time. Yes. Their new movie. I don't know what their new movie is. What is it? Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. That was satisfying to no one. Yeah, my brain just wasn't working for this this one today. Yeah, you're not hungover. You're not tired. This is just, it just, we weren't on that connection. I'm a little it, hungover, it was... but I'm not tired. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's the weekend, so it's always a little bit of hangover, but that's exactly. Okay. It's like, well, now it's like five o'clock. Like I'm not like hungover on right. Hunger, so so Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Little Women, Widows, and Uncut Gems. Yeah, that should have been a much easier round than it turned out to be. Holy fuck! Okay. Yeah. Well, shout out Carrie Whitmer. Carrie, I'm going to reach out to you on Twitter because you have good taste in things, and I would love to have you on the podcast. Assuming, let's just and see your here. review was hilarious. I did like that a lot too. Yes. Furious Seven, she gave four stars too. Fast Five, she gave four stars too. Tokyo Drift only two stars. Yo, but yeah, she likes these movies. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Let's get, get it set up. So next week, no Fast and Furious movie. We're doing another pit stop movies. Okay. Uh, no theme next week, but I guess the theme, if there has to be a theme, big movies, very famous, very well known movies. So next but week on Avatar. Tuesday, <laughs> not Avatar. No, 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 not Avatar. Okay. On Tuesday, 
We are doing the movie that you suggested we kick off the lap with, but I want to have a Letty movie, but we're doing Memento on yes. Tuesday. Christopher Nolan's Memento, which the Mikester and Chris Podcast and I already talked about on Cinemakers, but we did not talk about it as though it were a Fast and Furious film. <laughs> which is going to be a wildly different take, I think. Boy, oh boy. Memento yeah. on Tuesday. Then on Friday, we've got Justin Kleinman's pick, a movie that I love, a movie that I have not seen in forever. We're seeing Dark City. Do you know Dark City? Nope, never heard of it, never seen it. Dark City is a movie made by Alex Proyas in like 98-ish. Okay. Great noir, sci-fi noir movie. So I'm awesome. very excited for both these next week. They're both, they're pre-approved by me, Memento and Dark City. Both great movies, both coming at you next week as we close out July as we continue to kick off lap seven. So let me add a disclaimer here that these Pit Stop movies are either Michelle Rodriguez or Memory Loss. And yeah. sometimes they might not actually be Memory Loss movies. Like, it's just like we found lists online. It might not always be what the movie's about. There might just be an element of it. I don't know. But just like every classic car movie wasn't exactly a classic car movie. True. We're doing our best. That's what I'm saying. But we're, we're covering good movies or movies that people want us to watch. So Memento and Dark City next week. Yes. Anything else? Any other thoughts? It's, I think that I came off like complaining about Widows. Like I actually really liked the movie. No, I don't think, I think you, I think, I think the sentiment was positive, overall positive. Okay, good. Yeah. I just didn't want to be like, I'm not like shitting on Widows. Like I actually really liked the movie, but like I just wish Letty was a more badass character in it. No, I agree. I agree. I would also rather watch this a hundred times than watch like one of those Paul Walker movies again, where it's just like, oh boy, like <laughs> no, no offense to your beloved, the skulls, but like, oh boy, like I, I know he's, he's great in that movie, but it's like, I don't like that movie. But like, this is just like, I'd rather watch a movie where the actor is less prominent or less, has less agency, but, but the movie's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather a hundred times out of a hundred, like not even close. Well, maybe 99, maybe sometimes like, you know, something crazy, right? I don't know. Who knows? But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Come back on Tuesday for Memento and then Dark City next week. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com. And again, just send us a note, family yeah. at cageclub.me. We love hearing from all of you. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. We'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out, you anus piecers.